Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. That's right. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their life dreams, find their gifts, follow their gifts, and see it through. And that's what I'm about. I'm telling people, I'm tired of people letting small obstacles or small moments stop them from being successful. Because guess what? Those small moments are irrelevant. Stop skipping over them. Walk through them. Because there are big, bigger obstacles out there that can block your dreams that you need to be preparing for and keep winning. So when you do money-making conversation, these interviews that I do for you, the guests that I invite on the show will provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, Overcoming the odds and how to live a balanced life. My next guests, they are a power couple. I love having power couples on the show. It's something about being able to work together in business, being able to be, be, be still stay emotionally connected, being able to understand how to provide a balanced life, a balanced relationship, especially when you have kids in that relationship. One, he's a recording artist, hip hop legend. Got to throw that in there. Founder of D Block Records and co-owner of Juices for Life and Pharmacies for Life. She is an entrepreneur. Author, speaker, celebrity baker. Okay, now, all right, now, celebrity baker. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And co owner of New York City based Juices for Life, <laughs> uh, Juice Bar and Pharmacy for Life, plant based wellness products. We have seen them together in the second season of Owns Black Love. We've heard them on The Breakfast Club. Now they're jumping into reality TV as cast members on the Marriage Boot Camp. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Styles P and Audra Styles. Yes, yes. What up, what up, what up? Hello, hello, hello. Did I get it right? Did I get it right? Yes. <laughs> Good. You know My how man. you break it down? You break it down like odd, odd. Drew, Drew, and uh, Adjua. Adjua. Odd. I love you. Odd. Just the word odd, right? Adjua. Correct. Yeah. Come on now. Come on now. We're we in a relationship <laughs> now, y'all. We're in a relationship <laughs> now. <laughs> now, Scott, I, I want to step back for a minute on you right quick. Uh, I was managing Steve Harvey from 2000 to, to 2016. D- did you ever come up to our radio station? Did, did we ever interview you? Because I got a feeling I've, I've met you before. I feel like I met you too. I was saying that earlier. That, yeah. that's, I, I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we did. I remember coming up to Steve Harvey show before, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was the executive um, producer and I handled all the talent. I booked everybody because I know I liked you when I, because I, I, I like that dude. I remember because I remember everybody when I when I met him and I always had a good vibe for, for when I met you and uh, and then when they when they when they told me about the opportunity to bring you guys on the show, I went, I think I know that dude. I think I met him. Yeah, I believe 
I, can, I just can't remember if I did it by myself or with the lock. Yeah. Because I actually went to Steve Harvey when he had the radio show a, a couple times. So. Yeah, that's right. We met then because you could not have went to the radio show and get past me. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, but it's all good. It's all good. Like, they're just passing good memories on the air because what I do with the show, man, and this is a conversation, man. This is a conversation about you're going to talk about your book. We're going to talk about the journey. We're going to talk about the relationship. But more importantly, just talk about, you know, the, the, the business side. And uh, Adwa, did I get it right? Yes. Good, good. Yeah. You know, now you grew up when they were in the book. It said you grew up absolutely no junk food in the house, only fresh yes. food. You got to be yes, kidding me. Correct. You got to be kidding. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. My dad is a, well, he was a Rasta, Rastafarian. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that comes with an idol lifestyle. So it's like a, you don't eat any dairy, any meat, um, any animal products. So no, I used to sneak and I used to cheat outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fresh. So let me ask you this: What is what do you classify as fresh food? This, this is just all fresh generic foods. questions. I'm trying to get understanding. Okay. That's okay. For me, it consists of whole foods, so it's basically foods without any um, preservatives mm-hmm. and antibiotics and any artificial flavorings and colorings. So it's just as clean eating. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, you know, just clean eating without any extras, uh, whole food ingredients, you know. Right. You know, it's really interesting that, you know, I am the worst eater. You know, when I go out in the oh, restaurant, no. to, I, I am. I'm going to lie to you. You know, I, but I love my life, though. There's nothing <laughs> negative about my life, okay? Well, you're happy. I mean, I'm very happy. If you sit down with me, style, I will order a dessert before I order my meal. I, I kid you not. If they got a banana split or milkshake or <laughs> Sunday, it will come to my t- before you guys even order a meal. And I'm cool with that. Okay? No. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just letting y'all know who y'all talking to, you know, because y'all trying okay. to. We're going to build on. We're going to build on that. You know what I'm saying? That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. See, you know, you know I don't want to shock this anybody. This we're going to build off because um, what your show is based on, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the, the first Fars Juices for Life and Pharmacy for Life, like, we yeah. have a slogan. Right. You could you could have all the money in the world. Right. And I could be dead broke. If you ain't, if, if you're not healthy and I'm healthy, I'm going to enjoy my life better than you can. Absolutely. So you, could, you could be financially wealthy. Mm-hmm. You could be the richest guy in the world. But if you don't, if you're not taking, if you're not making that investment in your temple, there you in go. your own body, there you go. You will not enjoy that money as long as you should be able to enjoy that money. And anything can happen to anybody on any given day. But it's good to try to at least practice how to enjoy life and all the things you can get out of life as much as you can. And that starts with a just knowing what you put in your body. Like you know what I mean. That starts with saying okay i'm pretty sure when i see you you always look sharp yes sir you, you know you, you, you look online you, you look sharp um i'm pretty sure when you when you you drive your car you got the best gas and the best oil in your car yes sir like you know what i mean i'm pretty sure see, you i love wash him your already body i love him already as many you wash your body as many times as, de- as mm-hmm. the day as you can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have to care about the inside of your body as well so we we just you know um our job at pharmacy for life and juices for life and it's the Styles family, and it's just to tell people you got to know what you you got to care about the insides as well as the outside. You gotta you you know you know what you're putting on your body, know what you're putting in your body. Um, you know, especially at this times we're in right now, you have to you can't you have to boost your immune system Definitely. and just watch what you're eating. You know what I mean? And that's that's where the that's where the real health, the real the real wealth is in your health. Well, you know, it's really and that's, great. And that's, yeah, really, and that's basically. I'm just going to comment on him because he's he's yeah. he's led me, you know, because yeah. because of the fact that 
you know, I, 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 I'm an interesting guy, you know, because I know my body. You know, I know if I'm about to get sick, I know. And I always tell people, and your right. message about knowing well, your good. body is key. It's very key because, because of the fact that what I want to tell everybody is that, you know, I was a super bad eater and I haven't dropped all my desserts yet. But now I don't eat meat as much. You know, I eat oh, vegetables okay. a yeah. lot. Huh? I said, yeah, that's it. You know, and I'm just saying, I, I, and I don't know why, team. I don't know well, why I've stopped. I, it's just that it seems like my taste buds have changed. Um, I, I had to have a hamburger. I had to have a steak. I had to have a, something meat in front of me all the time. Wow. Now I'm comfortable with, you know, brand cereal. I'm comfortable with, uh, you know, any type of good vegetable, good salads. You know, this yesterday I made a nice frozen uh, uh, with the watermelon, uh, pineapple, uh, banana with some juice, a uh, smoothie, made that. You know, that's what I, that was my breakfast, you know. And so, so so this was just a random change. Well, you know, that, that's why I'm just talking. That, that's why I love Styles when he busts me down, you know, because, you, right. <laughs> you know, he was he's already he was shepherding me in the right direction. I'm just letting you guys know. Right. I, I, I'm trying to figure out why is this happening to me? Because he's right. right. I'm not I have no fear of dying. I have no fear of dying, you know, because right. I wake up every day. God going to get me up. I got an alarm clock. It's like right. my alarm clock goes up at four o'clock. I got up. I swear to you at three fifty nine. Okay. Got about oh, a wow. bit. You know, <laughs> that's just my, that's, that's my mind. You do it enough. Your mind says, right. get up. well, get up. And so, and so when, it, when he started talking, I started laughing because I go, he's, he's, he's telling the truth, but I got two experts on the phone who talks about juicing, who talks about plant-based wellness products. Why is Rashawn McDonald suddenly making this shift in his eating habits? Is right. because he just, is, is, is this better quality out there, better quality available for me to go to Whole Foods and all these different places where I can go and get products that are not you know, fed by uh, chemicals? What do, you, what do you think that right. is making that shift in me? Well, I, that's why I'm asking you. I'm actually curious. I don't know if it's just being, you know, in conversation or reading things or mm -hmm. just exploring and just wanting to change. So mm -hmm. I, I, normally it's, it, most people's diet changes uh, mm -hmm. come from ailments, you know, or issues that they have, and then they feel inclined to change their diet. Right. So, you know, I, I, or, or just exposure or, you know, just seeing more of certain things or wanting to feel better. And then after you eat and, you know, taste and try certain things you notice how your body responds to it so right. i guess you you know actually want more of that so a lot of that starts to happen but i don't really know your dynamic like you know why what's maybe it's the, the good feeling that you're it's having a good feeling. it's a good feeling you know? i would tell you this i would tell you this in 2018 i was um i've been doing this show since 2017 and i want to thank you both for doing my show and maurice chestnut had a book out it was called uh it was, a, it was a fitness book and he had a uh, yeah. and he had a you could lose 10 pounds in 10 days and um and as you know usually when people come on my show i read your books or i or, or if you send me a tape i watch i don't i do what i do not do is sandbag on an uh, 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 interview <laughs> and so so i said you know be cool you know let me go and see if i can lose some weight and then he, when he get on the radio i would go uh hey man right. i lost weight well i lost nine pounds when he got on the air. Oh. And so I've lost 16 pounds since then. Wow. And, so, and, so, oh. and so my weight, my weight right now is like 194. Okay. And, uh, and 194, that's just, just, just stays around there. And so 
now I don't even do weights anymore. I just do a lot of stretching. I do, I eat, I, I eat this good lifestyle that you guys are talking about. And I just want to let everybody know that what you guys are talking about has made me feel better, has my, you know, you know, my, 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 everything flows a lot better for me. I drink a lot more water. Is that what you guys are preaching? Because that's what you were saying yeah. in your initial statement to me, Styles. Rashawn, stop yeah. it. Stop it. That's all you have to do. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah, because what you're saying, what you do in life and what you, the time you take out to do what you do, yes, which is, is teach and have entrepreneurs on and young successful people and yes, elder successful people, middle-aged successful people. So to preach... And us to push forward of success, you have to want to be the best you you can be. Right. So you feel better with eating clean. What you did, you started the act of doing. Right. When you picked up that book and you lost that 10 pounds, you, that was the act of you instead of just mm. talking about it, mm -hmm. thinking about it, mm -hmm. or doing stuff, you started doing things. Right. And once you start doing things and you start subconsciously and consciously, either or, sometimes it's both, sometimes it's one, um, you just start really saying, hey, I like how I feel. I like how I'm looking. Or I like the fact, you know, that my energy feels a certain way. And so that act of doing leads you to keep wanting to search and do better. Right. And that's what the, this whole thing about wellness is about. It's not about being us being gurus or super knowledgeable people. It's about us wanting our communities better. Mm -hmm. And that starts with feeling better because once you feel better, or my wife feels better, and you tell your wife, or my wife tells me, <laughs> and then we tell our look better, look and better. then they tell the aunt and the <laughs> uncle, that leads to a healthier community all around, mm -hmm. and a healthier just, besides you feeling healthy, you want people around you, so you just kind of want to spread a word about feeling okay, like, you know what I mean? Just bringing balance to your diet. It's not about us going, hey, don't eat this, don't eat that. I'm, I, I, I eat all plants, but I'm going to tell you first before you do anything, brother, I'm not going to tell you just hop off beef, but I will tell you, go to Whole Foods and know where that beef is coming from. Yes, sir. Know if it's grass-fed, know if it's not grass-fed. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I ask you a serious question, like, okay, I'm comfortable with, I know my, I'm going to Whole Foods, I'm going to get my plants. I didn't grow the plants myself, so the plants are tampered with too, so I got to wash mm -hmm, them. But mm -hmm. I feel safer with a tampered with plant than you do with a tampered with cow or chicken. Yes. Like, you yes. know what I'm saying? I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure you would feel the same way too. So it's, it's just about wanting the best for yourself because really the, what, the wealthiest you could be is being the best you you could be because that energy will spread, your thoughts will get better, your ideas will get better, you'll feel better. Man. And that's it. Man, thank y'all, man. I, I'm telling you something. This first, this first interview, we're going to do two breaks. It was just for Rashawn McDonald. Thank you. Thank you. You know, You're welcome. Because, you know, the thing about it, when, when I bring people on the show, it, it's really about education for me because I don't I, I always tell people I wake up dumb because that allows me to accept information. And it also mm -hmm. inspires me to keep moving in this positive direction. That's what you just did, Styles, for me. You said, Rashawn, stop. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk out of here with that mentality. Stop. The stop mentality, because you playing with yourself now. You kind of you kind of like straddling both fences here, brother. What you want right, to do here? Right, you know, you want right. to eat the bad meat and then over here run over here and eat, and eat the good and drink the good smoothie. What you want to do, brother? What you right, do? right, yeah. right. You know, the good con on the car, but over here, you know, in the, the, the meat or the hot dog killing you. What you doing, brother? What you doing, brother? Right. You know, and just so bringing awareness. You and, know, and that and, that, and that's do well, tell me this because y'all you. I'm telling you, this is fantastic what I'm hearing on this call. 
Do you guys do this a lot? I'm, I'm telling you, this is this is oh, magnificent. Yeah. This is I'm I'm talking about man. Why I don't have, see a webinar on YouTube? Okay. Yeah, is, we're, we're doing more things. We're just we're just actually starting to circulate more. Uh huh. So you'll be hearing more of us. Come on Thank now. And, 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 and guess yeah. what? And, and guess what? I guess what? Please let me know so I can promote it also in my social okay. media. Absolutely. Because I'm telling you, I'm one of these guys. I'm one of them know it alls too. Okay, I've had so much success in my life. People can come up to me and go, "Yeah, whatever. I can do a whatever." Now, Styles, he broke strong uh, on me early in his interview. Let me just, let me just see. You know, he broke strong on me. Uh, let me tell you something, young man. Let me tell you something. You need to calm down. You know, you might, you might walk out that door, fall down, and never get up because you don't take care of your temple. That's what he told me. And I heard right, it real in clear. layman's terms, right? That's what he told me. That's what he told. Me. But see, he didn't like. He didn't like, I'm going to tell you something about what I love when people are gifted like he's gifted. Because he, you know, he, you know, he, had, you know, because he's performed so many in, in crowds. And it's beautiful when you're a performer because when you walk on stage, you don't know who's out there. So you have to shape people. You know, they bought a ticket. But, you know, if they had a bad day, a good day, off day, right, right, you know, right. they may walk out of there. Girlfriend sitting with them, don't want to be with them. Boyfriend about to leave. Them. You don't know what's going on. You're out there just performing. And so when he comes on my show, he don't know me. We talked about maybe we met a, two, a couple of times or two, but he took it upon himself. Say, look, brother, you know, don't it's, it's beyond juices for life. It's beyond pharmacy for pharmacy for life. This is about what you want to do with yourself. That's the message that you guys are delivering. And that's the message I'm taking when I wrap up this interview in this next break, because you're changing yeah, well, my absolutely. point of view. Absolutely. Wow. It's all about being your higher self. Wow. Wow. As much as possible. Now you came on the show. Uh, this this book, the Eternal Hike. Um, you know, Ethereal. It's called the e the Ethereal. Ethereal. I apologize. Hike. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's okay. I apologize. Okay. Um, tell me about the book before I start asking questions. <sighs> okay. Well, the book is a culmination of a lot. Um, our daughter passed away in 2015 from suicide. Mm -hmm. And um, that was uh, my firstborn. He styles as her stepdad. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, just that whole situation in itself and dealing with that and trying to uh, process the whole situation for me, right. um, the best the best way and the best outlet for me was to, to write it, to write it out. Right. And, um, you know, through that, a lot of, you know, it's just... A lot of self-healing, a lot of self-understanding, a lot of uh, self-love. Um, again, just trying to get to that higher self. So with that, you know, um, being in a space of wanting to heal and be open and honest and, you know, get through it. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to yeah. go to certain sections of the book that, uh, that I just took okay. little lines out. And one of the first lines I grabbed was, I'm writing this book because you believe your story can help others love themselves more. You can help them be kind-hearted to themselves and have more patience. Yeah. When you when I, when I read that statement, when you say love themselves more, what do you mean when you say that? Okay, well, in that, there's a lot. In regards to that, um, I don't think a lot of people really take the time to understand how far they've come in life mm -hmm. and how much, how many obstacles that they've actually, you know, you know, um, chimed from. 
and they just, you know, dust themselves off and, you know, keep it, keep it moving for the most part. So if you can just take some time to appreciate yourself right. for how far it's come, you can just kind of love yourself more for me. That's how it worked for me. Well, I think you know, that I, I think that understanding. Yeah, I think it's important that on on, on this show that you, you both you guys have a defined voice, a very defining voice, and both of you are very articulate, mm-hmm. and both of you guys have a, had enough success in life to be have an opinion and and, and share it. And that's what and, and that's yes. what I felt the book was sharing. That's why I'm asking you different questions because I want to make sure when you leave this interview that you understand that you both are a blessing and you are a blessing in with this book. Because oh, thank you. you. And I'm just telling you why. Because of the fact that <laughs> you know, even though I'm successful, I will doubt myself. Because what happens is and styles can agree, some sometimes you can't go to tell other people moments of weakness. You can't tell other people, you can't talk to people about failure because people look at you different. They look at you different. You can't show weakness when you're considered a success because people will look at you different. They'll treat you different. And so it's sometimes that's the part where you you start questioning yourself and you can question your every path and every decision. And that's where you that's where the love part comes in that I took out of this book. Not only love yourself, but have people around you that you're comfortable enough to tell them when things aren't going good. Are you confused about something? That was one of the strongest takeaways that I had this book. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And I I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, As far as the vulnerability part, that is that is true, because. Styles actually said he he that is something he couldn't do himself. So he, I'm he telling you, agreed. he got quiet. Styles, you gonna get quiet on me, man? I got vulnerable with that. You gonna get quiet on me, man? I was I was, I was letting I was actually just letting it settle in, and I was thinking about it because it just put me in a place because we 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 as businessmen focus on business and family, you know. So reading for reading a book for me, I also got to take that out because even doing what with what we do with. Juices for Life, Pharmacy for Life, music, reading the book made me be able to accept being more vulnerable to my past, mm-hmm. you know, to the things that kind of, you know, carved me and made me who I am. It made me kind of look at myself more. And, you know, for his, so it's to love somebody and be with them 25 years and um, mm-hmm. know how intelligent they are, but to see their, their work and their artwork make you reflect on your own past was, is, was something touching for me, especially the part was saying, I couldn't really, I'm not one just by nature to show weakness. So the, right. the book for her to be that open and to show me that being open and accepting pain and accepting the things that, that hurt you really actually make you very much stronger. Like you hear it, you hear it in philosophical movies and you, you hear the master tell the student that, but to get it from your wife and to actually see it done in person is, mm-hmm. It's more eye-opening, and especially with, like I said, with what we do, we believe in in wellness. Like our brands are wellness, so it was that's something that made me more well. Like I think we think healing and food and and success and all of that is just financial or with food-wise, but we don't often deal with our soul enough on a realistic level. Like she said, loving yourself enough to understand who you are, what you are, what you've been through. And Ethereal, I can pretty much very, it taught me a lot, especially with, with it being my wife, you know. So I, it was just odd that I took the same thing that you took out of it and, and even more with her being my wife, you know. Wow. This is a power couple I got on the phone with me today. 
articulating and defining defining the path that we all should go down. And so when I when I look at uh, you know I'm writing a book, and it's interesting when you write a book because you start remembering things that you had actually forgotten, or you start remembering exactly. things yep. that you thought had no value, but turns out to be important exactly, to other people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really crazy. Yeah. It's really yeah. crazy when you, yeah. you know, when yeah. people start sitting down, they start asking you questions, you go, oh yeah, I did that. Oh yeah. Oh wow, I forgot about that. But, right. that, mm-hmm. but that part that you forgot about shaped you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. True indeed. And it's really, and, and so when, and so when I started reading your book, the reason I, it was like it was like it was like we're gonna start at a traumatic moment, and then we're gonna we're gonna tell a story and move it forward. And it was such mm-hmm. a beautiful journey for me. You know, sixteen got your GED. Talk about your boyfriend Mike. You know, her, 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 you know, then all of a sudden when Styles came in your life after the, after the boyfriend Mike went away, then he took it on responsibility right. when he called him dad when she called him daddy at uh so when she was six years old. That moment right there, I thought because it was written in the book, was an important moment in both the relationship. But how did it yes. impact you, Styles, when she called you daddy? Um, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was shocking. It was beautiful. Because <laughs> you've been calling you um, David all the way up to that point. Yeah, it was a long time coming. Yeah. It was a long time coming. It, it was um, it was it was a beautiful thing. I think when um when you when you step into a a a, a child life or a woman with a child already is a fine line you have to walk, especially, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things involved. Um, mm-hmm. And you want to, you know, me, I, I've had a stepfather before, so I know how it feels. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I just always wanted to be cool. Let her know that she has someone there as a parent that loves her, mm-hmm. but that's not overstepping boundaries and just is forcing, forcing the way. So for me, it was it's successful because it was the opposite of what I had always seen. Mm-hmm. And always seen done, and it was approach. I think it was beautiful for me as a a, a young father and a, mm-hmm. a young fiance husband to be because um, the real the real truth of it is we would we would we would both compare how we grew up to the things we thought were good, the mm-hmm. things we thought were bad, things we thought we shouldn't do and we should do, and things we said we would do totally different because mm-hmm. how it made us feel, and so that was one of them, and. Um, it worked out to be beautiful and successful, and we had a super dope bond. Like you know what I mean? And um, absolutely, and uh, that's what I'm saying. There's just moments like that that I I kept pulling out, you know, in the in the in the book, you know, you know. I, I thought it was a great moment when you talk about how your dad say, "Get out, get out," you know, and, oh, and, and yeah. you know, because that was just, that's that's a dad that that's a dad saying, "Hey, you know, you want to be grown? I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna I'm show you grown. I'm gonna show you grown." <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of things in there are relevant. Certain things are relevant to others, you know, more than others. Um, because to me, just even reflecting back on it, that that, that little six-year-old thing was huge in my life in, in terms of her calling, you know, him daddy. But, you know, to a lot of people, it's probably irrelevant. But it right. is a real kind of significant point, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. It is very significant, especially as um, for stepdad, especially for me, you know, so to... That's why it was written. Yeah. You know, you know it's, it, it, it's all about, you know, emotional growth, physical growth, yeah. financial growth. And one line that stood out for me was like, well, you know, when my man Styles started growing his profile as a writer. He went from bad boy money 
to Rough Rider money. It was coming mm-hmm. in left and right. <laughs> yes. And, yes. And, 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 you know, and people don't understand money, you know, we, especially in entertainment. Money comes in waves. You know, it, it might not be that steady check. Now, you, with you guys right. being entrepreneurs, you can expect steadiness. But in entertainment, you know, big check, $500,000, million, $2 million can come your way. And guess what? Uh, maybe six months later, another check may not come or a smaller, much smaller check comes. And so when it comes in, sometimes you don't know what to do with the money, but spend it. How, mm-hmm. did, how did you? Because I remember I had a, uh, I, I had, a, I was leasing a, a, a G, I was leasing a, a CL, a Mercedes. I was leasing like three cars. Then, because I could, because I could lease them, because I was making that kind of money. How did you, young people? And I was much older than you guys. Y'all were young. How did y'all translate that ability to mature with your money and move forward? Because one of the things you did was buy a townhouse, a three-bedroom, three-bath townhouse. Well, one of the best investments you made early on. But tell us about the journey into the money and evolving as young adults. Okay, well, that was one of our first, I guess, our wisest purchase at first. <laughs> it was the townhouse. Yes, it was. Because before then and in between then and all around then, we screwed up. Okay, it was a lot of, a lot of messing up, a lot of trial and error we learned from. And, um, you know, because it's not, it, it fluctuates the money. It's not really consistent in terms of in the, the business, you know? It's crazy. So this is, yeah. And that's part of what, um, you know, what, why we actually started the um, other businesses because mm-hmm. we needed more consistency, you know? So um, it's taking advantage it of your brand. It's taking advantage of your brand. Yeah. So let, yeah. I, let's, let's, I don't want to shift, I want to shift the book out a little bit because I definitely want to give a little bit of attention to the juices for life and the farmers for life because these are not one stand locations. These guys are in multiple right. locations. Talk to us a little bit about that. And I go, I, I ride styles with juices for life and then I come back with you with uh, farmer fee, pharmacy for life, as you say, it's about full. <laughs> Got you. So tell us about Juices for Life styles. Juices for Life, man. We um we like chairs for healthy folks. Like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We just try to bring out. Um, we have four locations in yes, New sir. York. God, God willingly, um, we'll have a location in every state one day. Congratulations! But um, mm-hmm. we just we just we just wanted to bring something to to the neighborhoods that we knew were food deserts, as they say. You know, um, when you come from. Our background, all you see is liquor stores, Chinese food stores, fast food stores. And we just wanted to provide something that people could come in and get some balance, touch back to their roots. Mm-hmm. The things, you know, your mom told you, apple a day keeps the doctor away. True. You know, always eat that, eat the veggies on your plate. So those are things we felt were lost within our community. Mm-hmm. So we felt like it, it, it would be just smart for us to show people away because people are often, you know, um, like you say, we like nice things, man. Like we, we love, <laughs> I love nice stuff. Bro. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. I love nice stuff, but it being a rap that I, we started noticing that people, you know, they, they tend to look at music. They tend to look at Instagram, social media, and not really pay attention to the insides of their body. Mm-hmm. And, and we like nice things. So we want to kind of live as long as we can. Mm-hmm. And we want to prevent things that, you know, Black people don't go to the doctor and get enough insurance in the hood. So we just wanted mm-hmm. to provide something where you go, hey, it's preventative measures. Mm-hmm. Uh, add some balance in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could come sit down and, and meet with different people from different communities around the neighborhood and have a good 
talk over something healthy. Like, you know, so that was our goal and we've accomplished it and we got a lot more to do, a lot more accomplishing to do. And by the grace of God, we'll get it done. And if not, though, we hope we lay out enough blueprint for people to unfollow it and just take it after. It's amazing, the gun. Your turn. Ajua. What? Ajua, yeah. Ajua, yeah. Good, 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 good. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the Pharmacy for Life. So that's pharmacy with an F. Is basically Juicers, Juicers for Life sister company. Um, basically the same, same method. But what we're trying to do is basically there's a lot of people that don't have health insurance. And we're aware of that. Um, we try to cater to those people. We try to cater to uh, the, how should I say? Cool. Well, I didn't want to say it just like that, but anyway, <laughs> people that, that, that don't have. Stop. She's been articulate this whole interview, whole interview. Yeah. Ask her to talk no, about her company. Off. She shuts he down. He stepped off. No, he stepped off. He okay. stepped off. Um, but basically, yeah, Pharmacy for Life is just you know it's a sister company. We have vitamins, we have supplements, we have PPE, uh, mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. basically to keep your immune system together. Strong. We have mm-hmm. oil of oregano. Awesome. We awesome. have awesome. rack root. We have black seed oil. We have sea moss. We have sour sap mm-hmm. supplements. And we have a lot more coming. And a lot more Good. coming. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I really want to, um, you know, I have a 22-year-old daughter. And uh, I'm going drifting back to the book now because I definitely want to uh, okay. let you know how um, that book affected me. Um, okay. I'm going to slow it down a minute here. So, uh you know, and, um, you know, the nightmare is that I will have to bury her. And um, that's a nightmare that both you two have experienced. And that's a nightmare that I, I felt emotionally when I read the book, especially when I was able to read about your journey. Because like, like it started, it started each, each chapter was a growth. An experience. Yeah. How she yeah. grew. How she lived. What you? Cause she she was beautiful. She was she was yeah. popular. She was always active. People always were coming to her. You know. It, it, so no signals, no signs. When you wrote this book, the ultimate message was, we talked about it in the beginning, and I'm just telling you how I feel. Um. I try to talk to my daughter. Uh, I try to not cut her off. And when you know, when, when we have a business meeting, I can be on a call with a with a a client, and her number comes mm-hmm. through. I answer. I've always yeah. done that because yeah. I've, I've raised her on the. I've raised her. Her mom has raised her. I've raised her on the phone. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I mm-hmm. have some. I have some uh, clips that I want to give her one day when. When she used to just call, leave notes when she was four, five, and six on the phone, I, rec- I kept them. I kept the, the messages. So I know the impact of, uh, of, a, of a loss, but a, a bigger impact of your children and you burying them and the what ifs. And one of the things that you said early, early on was that you didn't want the drama or the trauma to slow your growth. Yes. Um, basically, what I mean by that is that's such a, a shot. You yes, know, ma'am. that's such a big, heavy blow. It is. That, and from what I've seen from, you know, past, you know, experiences and, and just, you know, other situations that it, it's really stifling. It can really be that 
much that people cannot move forward. And I mean, and that's how I felt initially when it happened. I did feel that's how heavy it was. I felt like I, there was just no tomorrow. There was no moving forward. Um, but I'm very, I'm also very spiritual. So Mm -hmm. just in doing some deep work and trying to have a real great will to want to move forward and knowing that this situation was there to kind of break me into something else. I don't Mm want to say be broken, Mm -hmm. be broken into something else. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I kind of use that and known that I've had other experiences, not as bad, but that will be most likely the worst. But I just know like, I have to keep moving forward. It's just that I just, I cannot, um, Mm-hmm. I can't stop. And can't if get I caught do, into the what ifs and all those things. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, it's important. No. You know, the book describes the unbreakable bond between mother and daughter. Uh, on yeah. a side note, uh, I, I, they sent over saying you guys are working on a vegan cooking show. Yeah, we have a couple of things going on in regards to that. Um, you can tell them about that. Yeah, I was getting to that. I was waiting for we, us to close out. You know, but see, I like Styles. He, he sits on the sideline. He's like a guy you go, hey, man, go in there and tackle somebody. Go in there. <laughs> 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 they they run it. They yeah, run it too many a, plays. Let's go tackle somebody. <laughs> yeah, we um we we're working on a, a podcast, mm-hmm. a vegan cooking show. Also, we're working on a few other shows, but we're keeping in mind of what's actually happening in the world today with the coronavirus so we make sure we take our time Mm -hmm. and be mindful stay healthy Mm -hmm. plan it out right Mm -hmm. um so um we would have been shooting already but we we you know postponed just to be smart just to be safe yes just to follow the guidelines that we need to follow but we have a few things coming we um we have a locks album coming out oh congratulations yeah that's coming out that should be that should be out 515 um Send me some. Wife, I got a million followers on that style. Please send me some uh, banners, some uh, some drops, so I can promote it for you. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, she's A and R my new my next solo album over here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm almost I'm almost wrapped up with that. All right, sir. Um, we're also going to be working on a, an, another book, but we're going to get that. We're going to get the cookbook out first, and Thank then you. she she has some she has some work in store for you. Yeah. We don't like to lay it all out through too much. We like Absolutely. to tackle our goal but, list. But, but I got to talk to her about this before I go now. In your okay. credits, it said celebrity baker. Yeah, I can talk to you about that. You oh, get down. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come, design, come, come custom on. artwork. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hold up now, hold up now, Styles. Now don't be, don't be like running over me like I'm I'm, I'm, I'm slicing <laughs> bread over here, brother. You know what I'm saying? I don't talk. I don't bring up that talk unless I got some juice behind my game, brother. Okay, I gotta slow Styles down now. He about to run over me. He about to do hey, me. Man, she, she don't play, man. She, you know, besides you, you, you gonna see that vegan cookbook come out from us, plant based cookbook. And um, when we do do the cookbook, though, we will not forget regular eaters. We will. You don't just jump into veganism and plant based. Yes, people have health issues where they can't mm-hmm. actually do that. Mm-hmm. Some people don't know just how to do things. We're not God. We can't say how everybody's supposed to eat. Right. So we'll also just be providing something clean for you to eat. If you're a meat eater, alternatives, or mm-hmm. we'll just try to guide you to say, mm-hmm. hey, if you're going to eat meat, this is the best thing you could do. But my wife, she, her hands are marvelous. He's an excellent writer, <laughs> an excellent painter, an excellent chef. Excellent hey, will you speaker. will you be quiet? And let your other power part of the hey, couple hey, talk. Right, you know, you know, man, he's a hype man. He's a hype man. Yeah, but see, 
This is why I married him. So let him go on. <laughs> let him go on you know, about me. Yeah. You got a hype man for as a baker. I can't believe this. I, that's that's the first time in history that a baker had a hype man. Class delivery guy. But a legendary hype man though. That's the that's the crazy right. part about it. Because he yes. he yep. just throwing out that love. He throwing out that greatness. He throwing. But but before we go now, see yes. you got when you guys deliver this. This cookbook or this vegan book or the cookbook or whatever, uh-huh. you got to send it to me like a couple of weeks in advance so I can Absolutely. make some of them. Then I want to post. And when y'all come on the show, I can talk about my baking experience, my cooking experience with it. Oh, yes. You feel me? Absolutely, yes, yes. Because I, I'm real authentic about stuff like this. I really want to be able to have a conversation. <laughs> you gonna love our stuff, brother. Come on now, come on now. See, see, uh, what I know is, soon as this this pandemic ends, you two crazy people gonna see me. I'm just sorry. Oh yeah. You you oh, know yeah. that already. Oh, yeah. You know that already. You y'all both know that already. Because the fact yeah. that I have I, I have been, y'all have taken me on a personal journey, emotionally, and um. And, and and when I go home, I'm go, uh, I always kiss my daughter on the cheek. I always hug her. I'm going to have her sit down and watch TV with me a little bit. Hold her even closer than I feel I've already hold, I've already yeah. held her and will continue to hold her and support. But more importantly, what I hear in this interview, you, you've overcome and living a tragic situation. There's love. There's happiness. Yeah. There's enthusiasm. There's still laughter in that home. That is what yes. I t- that is what I take away. And I want to thank yeah. you guys. You know, I know we were yeah. skipping around trying to get this interview. You called at one twenty. I said, "Could you call?" But you said, "Call two 30. I'm glad y'all called back, and I hope y'all enjoyed this because friends, we friends. You know, you said farmer, yes, farmer for life, friends family, for life, right man. here. We yes. friends. We family. Yeah, we family. And uh, I know we didn't talk about marriage boot camp. We talk about everything else now. But before we go, please tell us where we can buy the book. Okay. Oh, you can buy it at Amazon, Barnes Noble, all mm-hmm. platforms. It's in audio mm-hmm. versions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me to get more information at um, Ajwa Styles on Instagram and Real Holiday Styles at uh, on Instagram. Um, to get more information regarding all the things that we do. Cool. I appreciate both of you. Appreciate you both. Power couple extraordinaire. Style. You you. know I love your boy. Yeah, I can't wait to see you, man. You are (laughs) talker extraordinaire. But I knew I knew I knew you. I knew I knew you. You guys stay safe now. Don't let that pandemic get you down. For more money making conversation. Thank you. For more money making conversation interviews, go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. Bye-bye, y'all. Bye. Take care. My next guest. Wow. Very happy to have him on the show. My next guest. I I would like to say my first. I want to say officially my first celebrity friend. He was my first celebrity friend in Los Angeles when I moved to Los Angeles in 1990. My next guest performed every weekend. Five shows. Stand-up comedy shows, that is. A day on Venice Beach from 1986 to 1995. See, I moved out to L.A. in 1990 and was rightfully dubbed the king of Venice Beach. He has built an exciting acting resume that includes Blackish, House Party 3, Norbit. He was funny as heck in Norbit. The Prince and the Frog and his role as Mr. Whitaker on the classic hit television series, Martin. He's coming on the show to talk about his career and his very funny third book, Michael Gold's Motivational. 
please welcome to Money Making Conversations, my man, Michael Collier. <laughs> Good morning, brother. Michael Collier, you know, um, you know, it's, 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 it's nothing but happiness and memories about our relationship. Uh, you helped me launch my comedy club in Houston in 1992. When you come down there and perform, uh, one of the big names I was able to convince to come to Houston, Texas and, and headline my show. And and just but you've always been a giving guy. And when I read your read your book, I understand. I can understand where it came from, the, the nature of uh, growing up in Chicago and, and and having less but giving more. That was that seemed to be the 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 signal of your whole life, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really believe that it's all about giving. You know, if you want to have something, you got to learn to give all to all. If you give everything to everybody, you'll have so much stuff you won't have no place to put it, man. And you didn't. And so let's break down your family dynamic, you know, your father. Uh, you know, let's talk about this book, first of all. The book I'm talking about is uh, <clears throat> Michael Gold's Motivational. It's his third book. And it's a very honest book. You talk about your mom relationship with your father, which oftentimes was physical, but your mom was really the physical person in that domestic relationship. Uh, you talk about being whooped. They you were talk getting about, to battles. Yes, to get into they battles. Were- you talk about- but they was getting to battles because of his alcoholism, right. you know, and as I, and that's something that carried over to our lives, to right. me and my my brothers. You know, we all end up having some type of addiction, mm-hmm. and our addiction began came honestly, you mm-hmm. know, because my dad was an addict, mm-hmm. and his addiction was alcoholism, and he was just a beautiful man that we just absolutely loved. But he loved that bottle, man, you right. know, and I mean, if he could, he'd stick his thing in that bottle. That bottle was his thing, you right. know, mm-hmm. and, and, and my mother loved him, but he'd drink up all the profit. Right. So, you know, he'd come home and we wouldn't have nothing. He'd be bubbling. And he, we was one of them happy drunks, too, though, the kind that didn't <laughs> just drink for itself, but he wanted to treat everybody else. Right. So right. we'd be at, sitting at the whole house break, broke. My mom and him would get into a fight. But like I said, she wouldn't, he wouldn't really fight her. She'd fight him. And she was five foot even. He was six foot three. Right. And she would attack him, you know, and he would never fight her. He'd hold her to mm-hmm. keep from getting hurt, you right, know. Right, um, right, right, But right. she just, she just really loved him. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, Mike. This is your moment with my on my show, Money Making Conversation, because it's your book, and I want to help promote the book. I read the book. Everything's very fresh in my mind because it's a very vivid book. You know, let me just some things that just stood out for me. You know. Seven years old, you know, at Star Foods, you know, those 40 ounces that you would, uh, you know, yes. take into the house. That, I'm tell you, that you, was my first hustle. That was your first hustle. Your second hustle was Columbia Records Club. I'm going to tell you something, man. <laughs> you brought back so many memories, man. I forgot about Columbia Records, man. I, I, oh, you remember it? I'm going to tell you something, man. When, you, when I was reading your book and you came up to Columbia Records Club, I went, Oh my God! I remember that <laughs> you joined. They sent you all these albums, and then it was for like eleven cents or something like that. Tell eleven cents for eleven albums, man! It was unbelievable, I, you know. And then I, each time I would send for them, I just changed my name because you know I was sent for the eleven albums, and then I take them across the street and sell them at the at the grade school to the teachers for like three dollars each. Right. So I was I was cleaning up, and then after I sold them the first time, I'd come back and change my name. So first I'd do it as Michael Kaya, then Michael Keith, then Keith Michaels, then Keith Kaya, <laughs> then Kaya Michael. Then I changed the letters around to Raylock, Leckham Raylock. I did it about 11 times before they finally caught on, and they kept sending packages to the same address. And it's like, uh-uh, 
we gonna cut that off. But what a great hustle that was, brother. I mean, you know? This is why I so enjoyed your book because of the fact that it was just bringing back, you know, your 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 car Buick LeSabre. Man, yeah, nineteen sixty-seven Buick Saber, brother. It was like I, you know, know I, I I couldn't help but just keep smiling when I kept getting the different sections of the book, and I was going like, man, this is like memory lane, just talking this. And you was in Chicago, and I grew up in Houston, but we we were basically the same age, but we were still living yeah. the life and enjoying moments, you know, hot water cornbread. Buttermilk. See, I'm telling you something. Only thing I took offense on in your book, man. Your daddy loved buttermilk. I love buttermilk. My cry. My cry. I couldn't do buttermilk. Ain't buttermilk spoiled milk? It doesn't matter. You put some sugar in that bad boy. You put some sugar in that bad boy. It doesn't matter. My daddy would dip this cornbread in that buttermilk. And you would have thought he was a kid in the ice cream store. He was just happy as he could be. I was like, I'm not having no buttermilk now. I'm going to tell you something. But what about low on the hog? Did you eat low on the hog? Did you eat pig feet? I'm going to tell you something. The pig feet. I'm like a hog head uh-uh. cheese. See, I'm just chitlins. See, Mike, I'm just letting you Boy, know. Boy, I ain't do chitlins, but I love hog head cheese now. Hey, the hog, hog head uh, cheese was good. The hog head cheese may be a little bit worse than chitlins. I'm just telling you, <laughs> and I ate both of them. I, now, I can still eat chitlins today, but I can't mess with no hog head cheese and crackers. I can't even mess with that no more. Uh, my pig my feet, father would come that. in with pig feet, and apparently you had to purchase them by the pair. Yes, you so did. So he would come in with pairs of, and the hair would still be on. Yes, they didn't yes, shave them. yes. And yes. Then he would have them wrapped in newspaper. It wasn't even like, it wasn't even like brown butcher's paper. It was just newspaper they wrap them in. And he'd come and lay them on the front room floor and unopen the paper like he was opening a wonderful floral gift. Oh my God. And it would be like four or five sets of PAP. I just run away from home. I just go. I just run out the door and start running. You know, uh, I wouldn't come back till they finish eating them, though. You know, my daddy always sent my brothers to come and catch me because I was always running west. Right. Thinking right. I was coming to Hollywood, Absolutely. but I was really just going west on 43rd Street, you know, and they always yeah. just go west on 43rd. You'll get it. My brother come and pick me up, bring me home. I take my whooping and we call it a day. That was so funny you said because it's just an inch on the map. So I thought I could oh, make man. it. Oh, man. They had a distance you, from you, Chicago to California, Hollywood. It's it was just one, one inch. inch on the map. <laughs> I didn't know that meant 30, 30 I mean, 3,000 miles, man. Wow. Hey, hey Mike, I'm going to tell you uh, something, man. This book, I'm just letting everybody know. I'm talking to Michael Collier, uh, the famous Michael Collier, the, the Venice Beach King, you. Michael Collier, the, the gave his, uh, donated 50% of his donations when he won Star Trek, uh, Star, Star, uh, Star Search, Michael Collier. Uh-huh. Um Michael, you know, when I when I look at our relationship, I'm going to just get personal right now. When I met All Michael right. Carrier, Michael Carrier basically took me on his wings because Michael Carrier was famous when I met him. Okay, he was famous, okay? He would walk up to all the agencies and he, he'd walk me in there with him. And, I could, I was, and that's why I kind of like learned a lot of things, how to, how to, the skills that I learned later on as a manager and doing contracts was when I was the, with him. And he would just talk. And here, and I just see the agents and how they would react to him. How was how they would put projects together, and it was really inspirational just to see what you were accomplishing. And you was doing it. You were just doing it from a guy who had a vision, who came from Chicago, and started performing on the beach. And that idea came from some guys that you was watching in Chicago who was doing street performing, and you saw them getting money. You say, "Hey, 
Because at the time, you see, mm-hmm. you never tell jokes on the street, but you saw those two guys oh. performing and the checks they were getting or the cash they were getting, that changed your mind, correct? In Chicago. Exactly. Exactly. And they, I mean, because I was on stages. Mm-hmm. I was getting on little bitty stages, making $30 here, $40 there. And they was like, oh, you should come out in the street and do street performance. I was like, dude, I ain't no damn street puppet. I'm not going <laughs> to sit on the street begging people to give me money. And then I stood and watched them one day. And they filled this little brown bag up with money. I was like, oh, Lord, I got to at least try this, you know. And mm-hmm. it changed my entire life. That was, 19, uh, that was 1985. Right. And it changed my life because immediately I became one of the best street performers in Chicago. And I made so much money. Then, you know, winter came. And wasn't nobody trying to hit no jokes on State Street no. in December, you no. know. So that's what encouraged me to go to California where I thought it was warm all year round. And I found Venice Beach, man. And I mean, those nine years, from 1986 to 95, defined me as a human being. It actually defined me. Well, you know, let's let's describe exactly for people to know what was going on here. Okay. It wasn't like a small crowd. Like, you know, at Venice Beach, in Venice Beach, if you go there, if you go to California, you got to go to Venice Beach. This is like a walking entertainment. Anything that you have heard about Venice Beach, the Muscle Beach is still there. Okay. It's still uh, there. Women walking around scantily clad in bikinis, they do that. Okay. Uh, yes. They roller skating down on uh, in bikinis, they do that. Okay. Uh, in, in thongs. In thongs, they do that. And and, th- and that's the men. No, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't joking. Yeah, you the know, men and, and the women. And so, so, so imagine me, you know, this big, huge crowd. I'm talking about, I would have to say anywhere from three to 400 people just in a big crowd. And had this mm-hmm. young man, young man in the middle of them, just entertaining them. And and I mean, for that said, what you that said was about about anywhere about forty minutes, wasn't it, Michael? That you were out there? Yeah, yeah. Each each show was an hour. I would do forty minutes of comedy and then twenty minutes to get my money. Absolutely, that's right. Yeah. And, and then he had the little the little you know that little, he, he boy he was the funny money too. grabber, the money grabber, which you like the little you know when you walk around you you pick up trash off the off the ground. He right, had that. Right. He had that. I remember Michael, and I would I would look at this wow. guy and go, "Wow, how could he do that?" Because I'm talking about this is Venice Beach, so beautiful sunshine, you know, and, it, and so people have stopped what they were doing, and he held them. I mean, he said, "Come around, come around, around," and all of a sudden the crowd would grow, and then, then more people would come, and then in the end he got his money and he went on about his business. Michael, how did you do it, man? What the amount of concentration you had to have to be able to perform like that in an event where sunny skies, pretty women, muscle beach, food, loud music, other competitors out there <laughs> performing on the streets. How did you pull it off? And then here's the funny part. I, I was asked Mike, I said, Mike, because you had to get your spot. And he had the, he had the same spot all the time. Cause you, yeah. And so he said, no, no, Rashawn, I, I, I pay somebody. They come there and get my spot early. So it's secure. No, I never come. I mostly came early on my own. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I wish I could have done that one. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have paid somebody. I was too stupid for that. Mm-hmm. I would come early enough. And because it's a funny story about that. And like uh-huh. just to give a quick quick recap of it, I would go every Saturday and Sunday and I'd work from noon until 5 p.m. Right. Roughly five one-hour shows. Mm-hmm. I'd be surrounded by anywhere from three to 700 people. And I did it through necessity. Because yeah. when I got to California, I thought I was going to hit clubs mm-hmm. and make money. And that wasn't happening. <laughs> and then I went to Venice Beach and white folks would come up and put money right in the basket. I right. mean, I, I didn't have to steal nothing. I didn't have to cheat. All I had to do was tell a couple of jokes. 
And so I started out trying to go every single day. I tried to do every day out there, but it, I, I discovered from working it that the money was only there on the weekends. Right. And the money was really only there from noon until five because mm-hmm. after five o'clock, uh, all the white folks left and took their money with them. Right. And the brothers and the Hispanics <laughs> would come out with bad attitudes and pistols. So it wasn't really no need to stay there after that. And then <laughs> folks didn't show up until noon. Absolutely. You know, they start coming to that. Go ahead. No, I was just, I was just, I was just enjoying because you're taking me back down oh, yeah. memory lane because of the fact that everything he said, like I said, I didn't, I didn't. That 700 uh, number was not a lie, y'all. It was like people were peeping over, over uh, people sitting oh, on top yeah. of each other's shoulders so they could see the show because he was, he was just surrounded and he had enough space to be able to entertain himself. And then sometimes, now, then sometimes you offer like, wouldn't you let other people perform sometimes doing your set sometimes because you. You Every had, now and then, another artist would come along. Even the great Charlie Barnett, who yes. was a great street performer mm-hmm. in New York, he came out and did it once. There's two kids, two year old comic guys named Seymour. I can't think of the other guy's name. And they went on, and they're really famous. They're in Vegas now doing comedy. And people would come through. But, you know, a lot of people was working Venice Beach then. R. Kelly right. came out there for about six months before he made his big hit. Right. The boys. Mm-hmm. became famous while they were out there. And, you know, so a lot of artists came out and did their thing. And, you know, but the thing was to be able to stay, to be able to stick with it and go year after year after year. So the first year I was sort of figuring it out. By the right. end of the first year, I was teaching other people how to do it, right. how to get their money, you know, how to, to collect <laughs> the money as well as do the work. Because it is show business. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. About, if you ain't getting paid, then you just out there. It's a craft. Right. It's not a job. But for me, it was a job, so I had to also make the money, right. you know, and I would get people to compete with each other to pay me. Mm-hmm. So I would go group by group, and I'd say, when I say up, up, you put your money in the air and scream, yo, and I'm going to take this money, grab it, I'm going to pull the money out of the air. Now, if you get a $5 bill, people going to applaud. If you right. get a 10 we're going to cheer. If you give me a 20 we're going to go crazy. So people would pull out bigger and bigger bills to get more recognition. Then when I go to the second group, I say, I know you're not going to take this off of them. I know y'all going to do better than them. So they would try to beat each other. It would come times when sometimes Crips and the Bloods would come out and they would take different sides and try to outspend each other. Right, they right. try to see who could put the most money in the basket. So it became a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. And every time I was the winner because I went home with the basket, you know. <laughs> and and the, the thing is, is this summer, I'm going back out, uh, hopefully in June, to shoot it as a one-hour special. I'm building a stage for myself that looks like a king's crown. Right. I stand in the middle of that crown. Right. And I'm going to do a one-hour comedy show called The King of Venice Beach. Oh, wow. So right now, we're in the process of, of seeking folks to help actually come up with that funding. Right. But it's going to happen. Oh, by my June, man. I'm shooting that. Oh, you my know? man. That, that's going to be special. Let's go back a little bit about your family, because your family shaped you, Michael, and you talk about it in your book. Uh, Michael Gold's uh, motivational. You talk about your oldest brother who, uh, out of frustration, he joined the army, went to Vietnam. He was only 16, told him he was 17. He went over there and became a sniper. Uh, you talk about wow. the, the the impact of, uh, of you know, because you was five boys. You know, your, your father, who was a That's great right. man, you know, 6'3", handsome guy. He was a tailor. You know, so now I understand, I understand your look now. I understand your look now. Because Michael was another person out there. He always was sharp. I never understood why he was always sharp, but I understand that that came from the family. My daddy was sharp. And so my oldest brother, Dave Jr., the one who went off to Nam, 
he too was so sharp and he was really able to be sharp when he came back mm-hmm. because being in the military, you know, he was able to go and get these clothes made from all over the world. He'd go to Korea and, you know, you can go to Korea and get a nice suit for $9, you right, know, right. and mm-hmm. he'd go over there and he'd come back. And I mean, when, when I was in high school and I, I knew I wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. And so when I got out, I came right to California and I stayed with my big brother for a little while mm-hmm. and he had wall to wall clothing. I mean, suits from one end of the house to the other. Mm-hmm. He had shoes from one end to the other, hats, tennis rackets. And I was like, oh, I've got to do that when I grow up. And to this day, I just love dressing. I I can't wait for an excuse or reason to dress up, you know? Right. And so I, yeah, so I get it from my dad, who well, was a, a tailor and a presser. In fact, we grew up in the projects in Chicago, Robert Taylor Home, 4352 South State, Park 909. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the Jewish people... But these old Jewish businessmen would seek my father out right. mm-hmm. to, to fix clothes for them, to create suits for them and to, and to fix the clothing that they had, you know, because my dad knew about clothing and he was just a sharp dresser and a, a classy cat, you know. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no, this, because, I'm, because the reason I enjoy here, because this is what's in the book. This is the that that, yeah. that passion that you hear in Michael's voice, the storytelling, and so you know at the beginning of the book he talks about you know it's gonna be some typos, it's gonna be some corrections of this, but don't worry about that. And then then he repeats a Red Fox joke. That's what that cracked me up. You know, I know yeah. I said it earlier, but I'm a, it was so funny. I'm gonna say it again, right? I'm a, I just, I wanted to say it again. It was like. <laughs> you know, when I'm, when I'm reading the book that you're doing, you know, I'm talking to Michael Collier. The book I'm talking about is Michael Goes, uh, Goes Motivational. It's his third book. Michael, this book in the end, because you get really uh, spiritual, you really go to the motivation. You, and the reason I like it because of the fact that I think, in other words, in order for somebody to tell you why you should listen to my motivation, you need to listen to my journey. And your book is about a journey. Your book starts as a young kid and talk about, you know, your failures, you know, uh, you know, being rich several times over, a millionaire several times over. And, you know, and but it also shows uh, flaws. And I think that I, I, you, you want to listen to the flaws or hear the flaws. So because like mm-hmm. I was talking about at the beginning of my show, I was talking about there are going to be failures and there are going to be mountains. They're going to be valleys. And your book is about those valleys, correct? And how you uh, yeah. how you still see about, the mountain about top. both of them because mm-hmm. the balance of the universe mm-hmm. is that you, there are ups and downs. You know, I mean, a lot of people think that the road to success is linear, and rarely is it linear. Mm-hmm. It's always the ups and the downs. You know, mm-hmm. like I like to say, I've been rich three times, right? But mm-hmm. I've been broke fourteen, right. so mm-hmm. I'm way more comfortable with broke than I am rich. Me and broke, like first cousins, we're right. on first name basis. I right. thought I make hot water cornbread from scratch. I don't want to make cornmeal mush. Right, right. You know, and, right, right. and you probably don't know what, you know what cornmeal mush is? No, no. Hot water cornbread. See? Yes. See. Cornmeal mush? You don't know cornmeal mush? No, sir. See? No, Boogie. sir. That's what Chicago It's national. Okay. It's on, the direction for cornmeal mush is on every box of cornmeal. When you can't afford cereal, Mm-hmm. You boil cornmeal in water. <laughs> you put in a pinch of salt okay. and milk and sugar and yum, yum, yum. I mean, my parents were so poor, they couldn't even afford to have kids. The lady next door had us. That's the Red <laughs> Fox Fox. joke. That's but, Red Fox. Like, it's in the book twice. I love it. I love it. It's in the book twice. <laughs> and so, we, so we, we, I knew poverty. I come from poverty. Right. 
But when I got to Venice, I learned money because people were just paying me, paying me, paying me, and I didn't have a bunch of responsibilities. All I had was cash. So, you know, after I had so much money and so many people knew me, that's when my addiction kicked in. Because, like I say, Robin Williams says the best cocaine is God's way of saying you're making too much damn money. And so I end up uh, starting slow, like most people, a little weed, then a little blow. Then uh, I found that crack rock, and oh, oh, oh. You know, I end up spending 23 years in a, in a crack addiction. So right. as of two Sundays ago, as of March 1st, I now have nine years of pure sobriety. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you I lost more friends, more jobs, more opportunities than I can even name because of my addiction. In fact, I am certain that you recognized my addiction in a meeting I had with you. I had a very important lunch meeting Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. And I had been getting hot all the night before. But see, people who are on drugs, they don't think nobody can tell they're getting hot but them mm-hmm. when they're getting hot. Mm-hmm. And I showed up, I cleaned up, I freshened up, mm-hmm. and I was sitting there talking to you, and I know I was sweating like R. Kelly it's, in a playground. Absolutely. And it wasn't even that hot. Mm-hmm. And and I know you was wondering, why is this sweating like that? Or maybe you wasn't wondering. Mm-hmm. Maybe you knew that right. it was the symptoms of that dance that I was doing mm-hmm. that threw my, my whole game off its track, you right. know? Right. And... Sometimes, though, you have to, the only way you can get around a thing is to go through it. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's and what you've so, done. And you, you're absolutely correct when you say that, Michael, is that, mm-hmm. you know, the journey. And that's why I tell people I, 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 I'm, I'm fortunate to see and be a part of his life. And, and know that when, when, when he talks about 23 years of hell and 23 years of trying to find himself and 23 years of, Making mistakes and being addiction—that's what it goes. That's why the book's important because he talks about his father's addiction to alcohol. It's not something that <laughs> that you know that he wanted. Sometimes you know, and we've learned that through science that that is that is part of that can be like a gene trait in you, and it's something mm-hmm. you have to be. If you're aware of it, then you then you then you look for it. But when you when you grow in that lifestyle, which it was so normal to see your dad, even though he was a he was a tailor, very skilled person. But he liked he liked being liked. So when he hang out with people, he buy them drinks. Exactly. And the money didn't come home because guess what? Everybody at the club or the night or the bar <laughs> it had a better experience than he was going to bring home financially. And so wait, yeah. you said it best. Money didn't come home. <laughs> right, right. Come on, you know that. I love like, that. It didn't I'm going to write that down. Money didn't come it didn't home. Come on. That's great. And that's, right. what it, that's why your book was just so uh, so appealing to me, and it was such relatable. When I, when I talk about you, talk about your mom was working at Spiegel magazine. I'm telling you something. Mm, when I was mm, on Spiegel mm. magazine, I said, "Boy, I said if I could hit him, if I could be next to him, I'm gonna hit him aside." Because because <laughs> here's it here's the thing that I find relatable when you start talking about tasty freeze. You know, going out getting and bananas, please. Wait, before we get to taste free, let's go back to Spiegel. So, do you remember the Spiegel catalog? Come on now, Michael. 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 What? And the back page yes, would sir. be all pictures of little puppies that you could buy? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Spiegel. Oh, magazine. my God. I love the Spiegel. And, and the, the toy section yes. was out of this world. You know, I don't think I ever got any of that. But I loved looking at the, every. I couldn't wait for the Christmas issue uh, <laughs> of the Spiegel magazine, man. And Tasty Freeze. What you know about Tasty Freeze? You that need to chocolate stop. parfait? Come on, you Woo! need to stop. You need to stop. I'm going to tell you, there were two great magazines when we came up. It was Sears Magazine and it was Spiegel Magazine. Now, the Spiegel Magazine, a li- little bit more fashionable. You know, a little bit was not as thick as the Sears Magazine. 
See us robot. Right, right, right. But that Spiegel magazine, I think that was bigger oh. in the in the in the black community. The Spiegel magazine was our magazine. It was our magazine. Yeah. You know. That was our magazine, man. And we look forward to that, man. That was that was online shopping before there was online shopping. Thank you. You'd look at Thank that you. Spiegel magazine. Thank you. You'd, oh, Thank I you. gotta get the, that Spiegel catalog. You had to have it. So you had to have stuff that was in there, you know? That's right, great. So, so yeah, it, it meant a lot to me. And that was my mama's first job. Right. You know, and, mm-hmm. and that and, and that was the beginning of her liberation. Right. As well, you know, because she had to leave my dad. And she didn't have to leave him because she didn't love him. She loved my father, and he loved us. Mm-hmm. But my mother wanted more for her boys. Right. She didn't want us to spend the rest of our lives in the projects. She right. just wanted more for us. And what was really, really deep that I found out in writing this book, Rashawn, I got to tell you, I, it's a, it's a, a journey of self-discovery. Yes, there was so much stuff about my own family that I didn't know until I started writing this book. And that cra- it's asking crazy, my aunt That's crazy. Question. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I mean, my mother ended up marrying Walter Smith, who was my stepfather. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that he was her first high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. That he she he took her to her first prom. He lived a block away from her. He was so deeply in love with her that he asked her father for her hand in marriage when she was 16. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, no, she's too young. <laughs> and so he went away and joined the Navy. Mm-hmm. And while he was gone, my mama ran into my father. Oh, he must have run into her several times because <laughs> she up and got pregnant. And that was it for Walter Smith. Walter Smith was out of her life. My mother went on to have four more kids by my father. Mm-hmm. They had five kids. 25 years later, when my mama's trying to get her life together, she'd have went to Spiegel's. She'd have made enough money to finally go to Sears mm-hmm. uh, driving school mm-hmm. and learn how to drive. Right. She went and bought our first car, a Woody, and she took that car out to get it serviced in Robbins, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And you know when you get your car serviced, uh, you send it in the back afterwards. They send it in the back and they wash it. She went back to get the car washed. And who do you think is washing the car? Her high school sweetheart, Walter Smith. And all I could think of is what went through my mama's head as she watched Walter rubbing and soaping and soaping and rubbing that car. I mean, they kicked it off like that 25 years had never passed. Amazing. And next thing you know, they were a couple again. She went home and told my father. All bets were off. She was getting a divorce and marrying Walter Smith. And so she stayed with my dad for 25 years, you know. Mm-hmm. And then she married her high school sweetheart, who she stayed with until his death, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was a great stepfather. Right. And we loved my father, you know. But we also understood what was going on. We watched the situation. We watched the constant fighting and my mother crying. We watched my father come staggering in the house and the money didn't come home. We watched all of that and we loved my dad. And I mean, maybe six months after they got divorced, my father up and died. Yeah, 51 years of age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 51. Mm -hmm. And I thought at first that it was from the complications from the diabetes, you know, which I'll call the sugar, Mm -hmm. uh, because he had diabetes and he shouldn't have been drinking at all, but he drank a fifth of booze a day Mm -hmm. and smoked three and a half pack of pale male cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And so I thought his heart exploded in his chest, but when I think about it more, I am certain that he died of a broken heart. Mm -hmm. He, He just loved my mother, man. And she loved him too, but she wanted more for her kids, man. You know, and sometimes the thing is over, it's over. And you got to move on, man. Right. You know? Well, that's the beauty of this book, Michael. That's the beauty of this book is that um, it's a journey. It's, it's, I would just let that, because it was all air. He has to write a book about that whole 10-year run on Venice Beach. Because that's another book. That's another book. 
But this book, oh, that yeah. He, yeah. The, the book yeah. that he's, he's delivering to us called Michael Gets Motiv- Goes Motivational, excuse me, Goes Motivational. Uh, Mike, tell us how we can buy that book, first of all, before I go into my little... Well, you know, and next week it's supposed to go on sale through Amazon. Okay. You know, but un- until then, you guys can always go to my webpage, okay. which is a very sexy webpage. Mm-hmm. It's called therealmichaelcallier.com. <laughs> and therealmichaelcallier.com, the webpage opens up. You know, I'm doing a play, as you know, uh, that's similar to the book, and it's called... Michael Callia's mama. And mm-hmm. so it's my whole journey, and I'm doing a 100-city uh, tour of that. So if you go on the webpage, you can hit a tab called Mama, mm-hmm. and it'll open up, and it'll show you scenes from the play. It'll show six minutes of the play and the story of the play. But it's also a store. And if you go to the store, it has the books. It all has all three of my books. I see it right I sell, here. I'm selling all kind of stuff. I got T-shirts, fish sandwiches. I'm selling everything. You laying on this white sofa all kicked back and got the hat on. That's right. Like, That's all right. sexy. Like, you, know, so you, you, you sexy. Oh, That's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was looking at the cover. I'm telling you. I got that. Was that a gray, gray coat, gray or t-shirt underneath with the? Was a gray, a silver uh, coat jacket you got on there? Michael Gold's motivational. I love That's it. Right. Mike. You can go on and buy books, t-shirts, everything from the page, and you know you can hire me from that page. You know, right. Worksheet you can Absolutely. go on and say what you want. But mm-hmm. I love my webpage. I my love. Webpage holler at a pimp, page. baby. Holler at a pimp. That's what I'm talking about. Holler at a pimp. <laughs> Hey, Michael. Oh, hey, Mike, yes, you know, sir. thank you yes, for taking sir. the time to come on my show, man. It's um, it's a uh, it's a blessing to say that we could still have this conversation today. It's a blessing that allowed me to get that book in time for me to read it, to share my emotions that uh, wow. it takes from your from your book, your journey. I got to thank you. Just let me take a moment to thank you, brother, because you really read this book and you really know this book. And there are those who will make me think that this book ain't, but most people watched it, read it, and they know it's, it's really a good story, that it's a journey. And like you said about life, life is a journey. It's not a quit, it's not a trip. So quit tripping. It's a journey. So right. Some people said to me, man, the universe has cursed me. Some people say the universe has blessed me. It doesn't do either one. The universe responds to your vibrations. Right. So whatever you're sending out is what the universe sends back to you. So it's called Michael Goes Motivational because I'm trying to motivate people through comedy, you know, to a comedic form because I'm also doing motivational speaking around the country. Absolutely. And you reading the book and knowing those details <laughs> and loving it and knowing the wonderful journey it is that means the world to me and i watched you young man come from putting your club together to making your club one of the coldest clubs out there and then taking it from that to becoming one of the greatest managers and creators of talent that this town of matter of fact this country has ever seen so i thank you i salute you and i appreciate you brother thank you so much you made not just my day you made my year brother thank I you my thank friend you, man and you get that better to me because we're going to promote it on my social media got almost a million followers so we're going to do you well my friend as well as promote this on our podcast and also my syndicate them is 27 markets nationwide again michael carrier thank you for doing my show if you want to hear more money making conversation interviews go to moneymakingconversations.com i'm rashawn mcdonald i'm your host my next guest it's an award-winning interior designer. We did a lot of great work together on the Steve Harvey Talk Show. His designs have been featured on HGTV, The Real Housewives of Atlanta, and Good Morning America. He is on the show to discuss his journey in the business and his new series, Murder House Flip on Quibi. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Mikhail Welch. 
Hey, thank you for having me. Well, it's always great having you. Got your energy up, my man. Yes, hey, I'm ready. It's premiere day. <laughs> well, it's really because a lot of people, you know, we know, we know the times that we're in at this point. They were wondering, is it smart to be on TV at this time? Uh, I think you have an audience at the house looking for something new. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I agree. It's like this is the perfect opportunity. Everybody is sheltering in place and, mm-hmm. you know, looking for a new outlet. So right. this mm-hmm. is the prime opportunity, you know, for I think for television and just people putting out content. For whatever brand they're working on, this is the perfect opportunity just to kind of work it and craft or work that craft. Uh, the name of the show is uh, Murder House Flip. You know, I'm a big designer. I'll be watching, you know, I watch, I, I, I watch the, you know, the cabin masters. I watch my man <laughs> with the, with the amazing pools down in Florida. I love that dude and his, with his mama. She, he called a woman on the show. And so <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big guy. You know, I'm, I'm a big guy. I'm watching these flip these. I was not saying I'm doing it on my own house now, you know, right. <laughs> but I'm a watcher. And I think America, okay. America is really into watching and learning and it, and it inspires people to go to stores like Home Depot and Lowe's and all these type of things yeah. to carry out their dreams. What, what got you started, Mikhail? Um, you know what? Honestly, I tell people all the time, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. But, you know, I graduated from school with from Morehouse with a degree in marketing. And, you know, honestly, one day my mom had a conversation with me and told me I needed to find my passion and that I would know what it is because it would be something I'd be willing to do for free. So I ended up, you know, going to work for a furniture company and that turned into, you know, many other opportunities. But honestly, it started from that one little seed, me working in a furniture store and just going out on the whim and just putting it all on the line to say, hey, this is what I want to go after. And it all started from there. Now, Furniture store. Yes. <laughs> see, see, now you're a long way from working in a furniture store. What were you doing in that furniture? Were you selling furniture? Were you setting up furniture? Was, what were you doing I at the furniture selling. store? Huh? I was selling the furniture in the furniture store it was called <laughs> Storehouse Furniture in Atlanta. Uh-huh. And, you know, I really got frustrated because I wasn't the great salesman, so I thought. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, I ended up transitioning uh, to uh, the warehouse. And I was kind of like their um, inventory manager. And I was in charge of all the products that would go like the Oprah when she was doing Hurricane Katrina relief. And something sparked in me. And I said, you know what? I really want to be the person on the other side of that. I don't want to just ship out the furniture. I want to be the one designing the room. Right. And so, um, after, I mean, and I'll tell the truth. After several failed attempts, you know, I, I had three different interviews to become a buyer. And it just didn't work out. Um, my boss said to me, he said, yeah, I like you, but I think you might want to, you know, test something else out. And there was a gentleman on Craigslist looking for an interior design assistant. And I applied, got the job, and I worked with him for a year just really learning Mm -hmm. the business of design and how to run a firm. Mm -hmm. And from there, I I went on Craigslist, and I posted um, to design one free room for anyone who would allow me into their home. I designed the room for free. As wow. long as they paid for the merchandise. And that's how I built a book, a portfolio. Now, tell us about those early designs, because, you know, you're walking Ooh. in there. Now, do they look at <laughs> were they looking at you as an amateur? Were they looking at you as a rookie? You know, would they question your abilities? What did you walk in there to free is free? OK, we got free. But then you're still walking <laughs> into somebody's house about to make a change. How did you yes. convince them at that next step? 
Well, you know what? I am one of those people who believes in the fake it till you make it. And so, you know, what I did was I <laughs> used my house <laughs> mm-hmm. as kind of like my first project. So mm-hmm. I designed my house, had a friend take some pictures of it. So I at least had some stock images. We must have took about 50 images all throughout my tiny apartment, but we made it look like it was several different rooms. Right. And so I, <laughs> I used that <laughs> as my more. portfolio. And, you right. know, you have to work the angles that you have. Right. <laughs> I love oh. that. And so that's why, you know, people always get, you know, they, they, they always go, how do I get started? But it's right. Yes. It's how creative are you? Yes, absolutely. I mean, really, it's about working your network. You know, I tell people all the time, if you want to break into design, you don't have any clients, take pictures of your house, take pictures of your friends' houses. Like, you know, I, even in my current house right now, my New York apartment, I have a wall that is solely dedicated to me rearranging things so I can always have extra stock in for my Instagram, always. Absolutely. You know, it's really interesting. It's just like me uh, on baking. You know, people, I, I, I just bake and I just, I have different ways I bake, I have different dishes I bake. And so I use those to just sell people that I'm a, an award-winning baker. And I, I transitioned yes. that because in tw- January of this year, you were named House Beautiful's next wave, or one of the next wave designers. What does that mean for your brand and for your career at this point to get that on? Um, you know, that was a life-changing experience, you know, just to be recognized um, as, as one of House Beautiful's 2020 uh, next wave. It was huge. You know, for one, as an African-American designer, there aren't that many of us who even make it to the larger shelter magazine. So, you know, this was big for me because I felt like it was door opening. This is going right. to open up the doors for, for others just like me who are trying to get in that door. But to think I came from Craigslist now to gracing House Beautiful... Um, I mean, it's the most rewarding experience that, you know, I think a designer could ever have. So I'm I'm just grateful for that opportunity. It's hard work, but, you know, I see it's paying off. Now. Well, it's paying off. Well, you know, I met you, I felt early in your career, Mikhail, on the Steve Harvey talk show. Okay, so as I do prep uh, uh, for your for the interview, I'm, I'm going through. Mikhail also has the honor of designing rooms for prominent personalities including First Lady Michelle Obama, Oprah Winfrey, Faith Hill, Harry Cornick Jr., Halle Berry, and, of course, Steve Harvey. Now, when did all this happen? Did I miss all this, or this was happening before you met me? No, this was all happening through you. I mean, this is another thing. I think, you know, again, when we talk about making opportunities happen. So when we were on the Steve Harvey show, right. every time Oprah came, Faith, well, Faith Hill or Halle Berry, First Lady uh, Michelle Obama, every time they came, mm-hmm. I was given a budget to design a special green room for each one of them. Awesome. And I would take those and I would spend my own money mm-hmm. and I would hire a photographer to photograph each room. Mm-hmm. And then once I got an opportunity, I would come and I would ask that celebrity if they enjoyed the space. And that little <laughs> sentence that they told me, I would take that and I would use it as a quote. I would never forget Oprah. I asked her and I had to go ask her. I said, you know, because I, I couldn't get that close to her until it was time. I said, you know, did you like your room? And she was like, oh, my gosh, what was that? That's a quote. 
you mm. put that on your website. And, right. you know, so it's one of those, you have to work the angles that you have. And mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. how I made that happen. Mm. Well, you know, it's, it's one. Well, you know, the thing I love about this interview is just you're not. Um, first of all, you, you trust in yourself and trust in your instincts. And plus, you yeah. are looking at opportunities because you, you're you're. Is a your field is a visual field. You Absolutely. walk in, you go. Ah, I don't think he knows what he's doing. Oh, I like the way that placement is. And so you're taking advantage of those situations, those opportunities that come to you. And then when you promote yourself, you promote you promoting yourself with credibility, and that's a beautiful thing. And so, so where are you now in your career as far as uh, developing and building your brand out? So right now, um, the, my biggest thing, I have the launch of, uh, I partnered with a company called Yosemite Home um, out of Fresno, California, and I just launched my first furniture line. So I have- So you, you can pieces. buy some, you can buy some I can sit on. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you could absolutely <laughs> buy it. <laughs> on my website, you can check it out on MikhailWelch.com. I'm going to say I'm mad at you, Mikhail, because you're not sending me any banners so I can post on my social. Because, you know, that's what Money Making Conversation is all about. You know, you know relationships, promoting uh, successful people in the business, showing- other people's that it can be done. Now you got a furniture line and I've yet to ever post anything on my social media recognizing this new development or this amazing development in your life. Shame on you. I know I, you're a busy man. I try not to bombard you. I try to wait to, you know, I have several things lined mm-hmm. up. I can stack them up and present them to you so I don't come with these little nuggets. Well, <laughs> finish telling the story. You how many pieces and how did they all come about? Mm-hmm. Oh, so this is a great story. Um, so funny, <laughs> funny story. Um, so last year, um, I was, uh, there's a big furniture show that they have um, in Las Vegas, as well as High Point Market. Right. And I'm doing a tour, and I had to take 60 people around to show them my favorite vendors inside of um, this merchandise mart. Right. And I took my mother with me. Mm. So um, my mom's collecting all the free bags that you get, you know, from the vendors. But the problem is every time she stops to get a free bag, they want to talk to me to sell something. Right. And I said, okay, I said, my mom, this is the last door we're going in. And so we go in and I'm looking at a piece and I'm just talking to my mom. I said, I like that piece of artwork, but I don't like the medallion they put on it. Mm-hmm. This lady stops me and she says, what did you just say about that piece of artwork? And I told her, and I'm like, oh, I put my foot in my mouth. And anyhow, the lady said, well, tell me what else you think. So we walk around the entire store. At the end of the conversation, she says, I'm the vice president of the company. We've been looking to partner with a designer who can help us change our branding. And you were so honest talking to your mother about what you didn't like about that piece of furniture. And I think we want to work with you. And that's honestly how it happened. Um, so, so, so <laughs> your mama hustling for freebies. Yes. <laughs> landed you your furniture line. That's what you try to tell us. That's what you said on money making conversation. Yes. Your mama. Yes. Your mama's agreed for the free stuff. <laughs> yes. 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 But you know what? Also, also, I would say this. It's also the preparation. Right. Because it was all of those things that I had done in the past. My portfolio, the television shows, all of the Steve Harvey appearances. Right. You getting me booked on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. So right. when they go back to look at my work. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, this guy knows what he's talking about. So it's being able to back that up and being prepared. 
Right. That's the biggest thing. You just, I was. Well, you know, the thing I love about you, Mikhail, is that, you know, you and I have a very honest relationship about how gifted you are and how I will not allow you to not give 100%. And then when I look at your resume and I see you on HGTV, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Good Morning America, Steve Harvey Talk Show, designing for famous people and they walking into a room because, you know, the thing about famous people, man, they've seen it all. And for them yeah. being impressed by uh, walking into a room, a, a green room, and I walked into some green rooms myself and I went, what is this? And I walk in some green and go, wow, like Rachel Ray's green room was like off the chain in New York. We're on the show to talk about this new show that I saw a trailer on and um, you made me laugh. And but more important, I'm just tell you something about my, the name of the show is called Murder House Flip and it's on the Quibi yeah. Network. Now, this why this is a perfect show for me is because I, I, I can't get enough of forensic files. Okay, I'm just telling you, I watch okay. those shows, man. Like I watch the repeats, and now they got new shows, so I'm happy. I watch Sex and Murder. <laughs> I watch all those shows, man. I'm just addicted to those type of shows. And so when I when they sent me the trailer of your show, I didn't know what they were sending me. So when they sent me a trailer about your show about where people are buying houses or renovating houses where people either were murdered in or died yeah. in, I went. Wow, I've been sitting on this idea for years. <laughs> yeah, this was the craziest thing I think I have not even think. Hands down, this is the craziest thing I've ever worked on. As a matter of fact, when my manager called me to say, "Hey, you know, you have an audition for Murder House Flip," I'm like, "What is this?" I thought they were joking, right. and I, I really didn't believe them until they booked. But like even the EP of the show, he called me. He's trying to convince me that it's a real show. And until they booked my plane fare, I didn't really think this was real. But it's a legit show. Um, it's myself and a co-host. Um, my co-host jo Joel. The two of us, we go into homes where people have, you know, have these iconic murders happen. Absolutely, um, mass murders, mass yes, murders. Yes, I mean the first episode. This lady, you know, so it was a elderly woman who killed seven people by, you know, poisoning them so that she could take their social security check. So, and she buried them in her front yard. So it's, it's creepy. Now you want to go out there and bury some, uh, put some grass down and put some plants down and have the children play over the dead bodies and all that good stuff. That, that That's why I love this show. That's why I'm, I'm kind of mad and happy at the same time because I'm mad because I watch all these home makeover shows I love them. Right. I watch all these forensic murder shows, which I love them. And not one time did my dumb behind go, this is a show. Because you know why? The idea is so crazy and so extreme. It is crazy. It, it is crazy. I mean, even like you saw in the clip, you know, it's the clip where I, I'm on the staircase with my co-host and I, I tell her, you know, I I usually do say ladies first, but I ran down those stairs because it was an energy, and I just wanted to get out of that house. Like we film at night. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm laughing because you look so wimping when you said that, and because you were really going down those steps fast. You were going. And she, oh yes, and, I was, I was, and she's I was a taller person than you, and she's taller than you too. So you you were running out those steps real fast. And, and let's 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 talk about it because you talk about being interviewed. And here's the funny part about it because you got to give a hundred percent. Or, or for anything that you do, whether you believe in it or not. So when you yes. got when you got the opportunity to go down and interview, who did you interview with, and what what did your interview consist of? We're talking to Mikhail Welch, his new show, uh, Murder House Flip. 
It's on the Quibi Network, and uh, it's a short-form show, correct? What, how long is it? Uh, each episode is less than six minutes, so six-minute episodes that are on your telephone, really quick and easy. Okay, cool. Now, how did you audition for this? Um, so I flew into L.A. Uh, okay. I met at the Sony lot. Uh, the show is produced by um, the parent company of Sony, and we kind of had what they call chemistry tests. And for those who don't know, that's where they put a couple of different hosts together. Right. And so um, it's uh, it's kind of like a group interview. Mm-hmm. And so your personality just has to shine. And so me and my uh, current co-host, Joel, we just kind of uh, hit it off. But basically what they do is they put an image of uh, a house up on the wall and we have to look at a room and we have to kind of tell them together collectively what we would plan to do or how we re envision this house. And so that's uh, typically so, how it so goes. So you, you were with a stranger. Yes. And you Correct. had to improv that moment. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, in that moment you have to act like, you know, Hey, Joel, you know, we typically do X, Y, and Z, but today we're going to do this. But we, you have to go into, you know, that moment and act like you do this all the time and, you roll with it. Okay, so what is her background? Um, you know, honestly, uh, Joelle is a high-end uh, residential designer in uh, Beverly Hills. So this is her first time doing television. So she's never done it before. So this was huge for her, too. Mm-hmm. And so and so, both of you guys go in and we talk about the show. Now, how many episodes yes. did you guys tape? They're six minutes long on the Quibi Correct. Network. Murder House Flip. How many did you tape? Now, it's six minutes. How many did y'all do? A hundred? How many did y'all do? <laughs> <laughs> well, the way it works is we each house is six minutes. Oh, excuse me. Each house has right. three episodes. So oh. you kind of have like the, the, the true crime in the beginning, mm-hmm. kind of the meat and potatoes of the game plan of how we're going to design the space. Mm-hmm. And then the third episode is the reveal. Oh, and okay. so the, each house has three episodes. And I think that's great for the people who like true crime, you have a whole episode that's dedicated to, you know, the store, the background story of what happened in the house. So you feed me uh, along the way. You feed me with my my addiction to true crime. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Then you feed my addiction to makeover. How you gonna make exactly. it over? And then you feed my addiction to the results. Now, now, in that, in that, do you talk about? Obviously, these crimes were they were, are these crimes resolved? Are they still like looking for the killers, or what's going on with these crimes? Well, most of them have been resolved. You know, we have a combination. So the interesting thing about this show is. You know, honestly, a lot of people move into these houses because the first thing you ask is like, why would you take that house? Right. Well, if, if you have a house that's on the market, you know, for let's say $600,000, but then you come to the house next door and it's on sale for $300,000, you might just take it because of the price. But um, so some people willingly know, but there's a significant difference in the price and they're right. okay with it mm-hmm. at first. Mm-hmm. And then you also have some who purchase these homes in like the mid 90s who did not know because we didn't have Google. So unless you're looking on a microfiche, you would not know that a murder happened until your next door neighbor comes and tells you after you purchased the house. Right, and so right. that's where you run right. into the problem. Like they they, they knock on the door know. with a preacher, you know, knock, and, knock, knock, knock. Uh, uh, exactly. 15 people died and they're eating. <laughs> there was a dinner table drinking some liquids exactly and those are the cases where in your you baby know, room your baby room upstairs it was a murder a mass murder in your baby room upstairs they didn't tell you about that <laughs> exactly uh, exactly uh, like uh, in your oven you, that, that you know where you put your dinner plates there are four heads up there <laughs> 
They put them in a row, four heads in a row. Yeah. Well, you got your dinner yeah. plates right there. Somebody just take you on a tour of disaster <laughs> of your home after you purchased it. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's scary. I mean, I'll be honest with you. You know, um, it, you, I joke and laugh about it, but some horrific crimes really happen, and you'll see them, you know, in the next uh, couple of I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I have to be able to joke. If you made a decision to go into mm -hmm. a house where you know murders have occurred <laughs> you can become the butt of my joke i'm sorry and you cannot sit up there acting like you are fearful now when the price tag was not fearful that's all i'm saying right my whole no, thing is true. my whole thing is this that's why i love the show that's why when I, these people you know they always show these people doing the doing the uh scissor reel looking the, the shock <gasps> i can't believe it they really happen you knew that like you said house next door six hundred thousand. your house one hundred and fifty thousand. look exactly the yeah. same as the house next door you going uh, what's the problem? <laughs> well, you right, know, exactly. in the front yard yeah. <laughs> where the roses are at, uh, eight people were, were buried there. Are you? You still want to yeah. move in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We definitely have that. I mean, there's one case where a gentleman chopped up his wife and like he was boiling her body part on the on the stove, and that's the neighbors smelled that and called the police. And so it's this this and and, and, and and people complain about chitlins. Right. <laughs> <laughs> people complain about the smell of chitlins. Okay. Really? No. That, yes. that's, that's, but you know the thing about it is that I, that's why I like the show. I like the show because of the fact that it's different. You're combining two uh genres in an unusual manner. Now let's talk about this. Now you're flipping this house. What does that mean? A murder house flip. What does that mean? So it's not your. So first, let me give this disclaimer. So the people aren't selling the houses. Right. For us, the word flip is us flipping it into something that's positive. It's really what the connotation is. And right. so um, we come in and we strictly work on the room that's been affected. Um, but the thing about that is when we redesign it, we have to make it look completely different. So this is not just, oh, put a cute sofa in the room. So we're like tearing down walls, we're ripping out fireplaces. So every time you see, so when, the, so when the homeowners come back into that space, it needs to feel completely different because we're trying to help them forget what happened. Like we're pulling up linoleum tile and we're like poor solution and we can see the blood stains that has seeped through mm. because a lot of so we had to really go in and change these houses um, so that when they go into these rooms, they look drastically different. So seriously, you actually saw blood stains in some of the houses? Absolutely. Absolutely. In the trailer, there's we're in a bathroom and we um, the the family didn't remove the actual tub where the husband, you know, I guess would have washed the residue or whatever the blood right. thing. Mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. um, but when we went to pull the, the linoleum back, there's a special solution that they use in crime scenes. And we you'll see it. We pour it right onto the floor and it bubbles and you can see it. It's disgusting. Right. And so that you had to like redesign. Oh, absolutely. We had to gut it completely. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it was, it was more than just the two of us. I mean, we had a, a team that would, you know, come in and help us clean. Um, but we had to gut the rooms and completely redesign them. So you're even going to see me with power tools. So okay. it, let, me ask, let me ask you this, Mikhail, because this is really interesting. So you said the three is a three six minute segments for each episode or each house. Flip. Correct. Murder house, house flip. Correct. The first part is going to be what happened there. Okay. Correct. The second part is you guys are going in, meeting the family, 
that lives there, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Did any of these family families have children? Yes. And so I think the most interesting is going to be our finale episode. Um, not to go into grave detail, but the young lady who lived in the house, she was a child when they first moved into the house. Right. And now as an adult, she's still affected by it and doesn't like to even really go back to her parents' house anymore. And so that, yeah, so they're children. They're, they're definitely children involved. That's that's really, I, I think that's a lot to put on a child. You know, it is. That's a, and I don't. I don't think that's fair. The, the parents need their behind whooped. They, they actually need to really understand that that's a that's an emotional burden. Not only for that, but I'm sure she was teased or bullied when she went to school about that. Because you know, kids don't care. Kids don't. They they get right. they get a up on you. They're gonna use it. And to have a child living that environment is really uh like you said as an adult, she's affected by that. Correct. Yeah, actually, right, as an adult, and you know, in that scenario, they didn't know. Right. You know, oh, they, they didn't well, they know. Okay, cool. Home okay, cool. Mm -hmm. In in the nineties, like they they didn't know, but okay. you, like you said, the neighbors came next door with the, the cookies and said, "Hey, you got the Johnson house," and they're like, "What is the Johnson house?" So they didn't know. Right. That's it. Now, the executive producer of this show is from CSI. He's the executive producer, John Berman. So he has uh, a little. Berman, yes. He has a little uh, something to know. And your co-host is who? Uh, uh, Joel Uzel. Joel Uzel. I'm telling you something. This show is, uh, I'm talking to Mikhail Welch, good friend of mine, uh, one of the top young designers. He never failed me in uh, all the years I was ex executive producing the Steve Harvey talk show. And he's went on to do even greater things. My man, Murder House Flip premieres on the Quibi Network, three six-minute episodes per chef, per house. And you're not exactly Correct. selling the house. You're just flipping the house from a murder crime look to a crime, to a much more modern and appealing and, and try, to, try to get their family emotionally more engaged into the house and not the history yes. of the house. Correct. Yes, that is correct. It's all about flipping that design, making it positive and allowing the family to like take ownership of the house back without that negative connotation. Oh, my man, I appreciate you. Again, you owe me some banners so I can promote your show. Also promote your, promote your furniture line. Stay safe out there, Mikhail. And thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. All right. Thank you. Hi, um, this is Money Making Conversations. And for more episodes of Money Making Conversations, you go to moneymakingconversations.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. My next guest is a celebrity designer. She has been the go-to fashion for some of the most famous and powerful women in the world, from Madonna to Katy Perry, Oprah Winfrey to Halle Berry. Her creations have adorned magazine covers, concert stages, and Oscar and Grammy red carpets. And she, also, she is also the creator of this amazing um, body type, bodywear called Shape by an Angel Bodywear, a revolutionary shapewear line that transforms women's bodies. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my friend, Angela Dean. I'm great. How are you? Good morning. Good. Uh, and you're calling in from where? Los Angeles, California. Uh, that city is the uh, Kobe situation happened out there, and now we have the, uh, the coronavirus thing. Now, how's life been yeah. for Los Angeles? Uh, a person living in the Los Angeles virus, already traffic issues, there's always environmental issues. How's life in Los Angeles for you right now? Well, it's looking a little. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's looking a little challenging, but we're making it. It's just little grocery store issues, uh, but everybody's safe, and we're trying to stay in and and take care of ourselves. Everybody has to take care of themselves right now and do what's wise. Absolutely, I, you know I, I um, 
I live in Atlanta. I live in Houston. So part of my family is still in Houston. So, you know, I'm not going to do any air travel. Might drive to Houston just to have fun and just see the country yeah. again. But uh, it's always about the creative process and you're a creative person. What, what is, yeah. what, when I, it leads me to this, this question, what are your gifts or what is your gift? My gift is creativity. Mm-hmm. My gift is being able to come up with an idea um, through various um, elements that I may have to use, from color to a person's size to what the, um, what the what the design may be for, whether they're singing or going out to a special occasion or just wearing their regular attire. But I put all the elements together that are important to that factor and create something amazing. Um, my gift has been doing that for 30 years with the music and entertainment business. Right. And now I've had an opportunity to do that with um, my shapewear and my fashion. Well, that's interesting. Like, I always talk to people about when do you realize that's the direction you want to go on? Understand that, you know, we all, as we go through life, we dream. We see things on TV that inspire us and we some go yeah. to college. Some people don't go to college. Nothing negative about not going to college. But as long as you are focused on your dreams and you pursue it consistently. When did you start setting that, 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 that the balance right? Start moving in the right direction in your career? What was in your teens or earlier than that? When you started to be inspired said, this is what I want to do? Well, actually, I was seven years old when I made um, a pair of shorts and a scarf. I visited my auntie up north in San Francisco area. Right. My mom, of course, didn't want me to sew on the sewing machine being that young. And I asked her, and she had an old antique sewing machine. She said, sure. And went in a trunk and gave me some fabric, and I cut a pair of shorts and a bandana. And sat on that sewing machine and sewed because my mom had been sewing for many years. I used to watch her make evening gowns for her social and charity club. So from that point, I just continued sewing on. And uh, by the time I got to junior high school, I was uh, making more difficult patterns. Using, uh, so uh, so you would say patterns. that early on when you were seven, you was kind of like imitating your mom? Or you were just... Yes, yes. Just, well, um, just taking on something that I saw, saw and watched her do. Right. But she used to design, she used to do gowns, uh, make gowns for her social and charity clubs. And it made people um, happy too. It made people smile. When they when they yeah. saw you, so that was kind of like that. Yeah. Just seeing something that your mom and your mom was excited about. It, she enjoyed doing it, and then you saw yes. the results. Yes, and then I started uh, taking on the craft as well. And the more I got into it, the more it just uh, just was like amazing to me to be able to create various things that I loved, and I used patterns. And so I got it got more and more complicated in terms of the patterns I was using. I started using uh, Vogue Vogue patterns. Um, out of the Vogue book. And right. that really takes you to a more different level of patterns that you can make things. So that was really exciting for me by the time I got to, to high school. Right. I was doing complicated Vogue patterns. Now, when you say that, those are layered, right? Layered patterns, they kind of like, it's not like a straight, just a cut, correct? When you say Vogue patterns? Well, patterns meaning that you can have a style that you go through a style book, right. pick out a style, mm-hmm. and then actually buy the pattern to make that style. Mm-hmm. Let your fabric, what you want it to look like, but you actually cut it according to that pattern and it duplicates what you see on the picture. So it's actually the pattern that are the pieces that you cut 
to create the karma. So now you're out there, you know, you, you, you're in high school now. How are you dressing, Angela? How, like well, Vogue what? magazine. <laughs> so, so when you came, to, I had a friend of mine, I remember his name, I, I remember his name, Jock, Jock, Jock Howard. Jock Howard, yeah. for some reason, dressed differently from us. I mean, he was above <laughs> the curve. I, 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 yeah. to, to this day, he would come into school like, oh, wow. What was running yeah. through his mind that made him dress like that? Because we were just we were just dressing normal, but he always had the yeah. tie on. He had suspenders oh, yeah. on. His shoes were always clean. But and he and he there walked differently than us. Jock Howard walked there differently than us. And I would even when he went to college, it was just an upgrade when he went to college, you know, because he was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. He, but when I would see him walk across campus, I was always looking at him go, Jock Howard. Oh, yeah. my God, he was just as a smooth. So you was kind of like that person that was like, it was a good thing. Yeah. But then people couldn't understand. How do you how did you get it so early? How did you figure it out? Because now, yeah. you know, me, I'm telling you something now. Me and Jock Howard, we we be rocking the same look now. We, I got him. I got me and Jock. I got Jock now, Angela. I got him. I've been having him about 30 years. But I'm telling you, 17 years old, I didn't know what he was doing. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. It's a passion. Something you pick up early and you take on and you do what you have to do. But yes, I was him. Oh, my God. And that's a beautiful thing because of the fact that you know, it was the here's the beauty of what I'm saying about when I talk about Jock Howard and I'm talking about Angela Dean is that I was not offended by him. I was just yeah. I was just uh, curious that in my mind, being so young, you know, we were playing basketball, Angela. You, yeah. you know, we're just trying to just learn about life. I'm cutting out cars yeah. and magazines. I'm trying to figure out driving yeah. through the neighborhood, looking at houses. I want that house. I want that house. You know, cars drive by. That's the car I want. That's the car I want. But Jock would go in his closet, put on his suspenders, his skinny tie. You know, his shirt was tucked in, his belt, everything fit right. And he walked down the hallway and I go, wow. 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 He had style. He had style. And so you had that. so, So you watched your mom, Angela. And yeah. so your mom, see, I, I love the fact that you see, you saw the beginning, the middle and the end. And that's, yeah. that's, that's a really uh, a special moment for you to see. Cause you know, I would see my father go to work. He'd come back. Yeah. tight. I never saw the middle. All I know, uh-huh. he was just working all day. I know he, yeah. he had to go to work. He knew he had to go to work. He'd come back. Sometimes he was happy. Sometimes he was sad. So I never saw the results of what got him to that level. And so to watch yeah. your mom, Start something creatively. Just take some material and then start. And then yeah. you see people come yeah. pick it up and go, oh. And do you see the reaction to you and your mom get paid yeah. for that activity? That had to be really unique for you as a growing young lady. It definitely was. It definitely was. She inspired me. She is the inspiration of my whole existence as a designer. She was such an elegant and beautiful woman and tall. And the way she wore clothes was so beautifully so when she made something, you know, like I said, it was themed uh, event. So there would be a red ball. So everyone, right. all the women would wear, wear red, right? black and white. Everybody right. would wear black and white. So right. she would make her, her fashion special. Her dresses were special. And so she sat there and would sew them with the elderly lady from across the street. And they would sew on the sewing machine and sew the Vogue pattern. So I was inspired by her for having such style and grace. 
Um, my mom reminded you of a Lena Horne or a Nancy Wilson. Oh, my goodness. You had to think of who she looked like. Oh, just <laughs> um, class, so, just class. Just mm. class, yeah. So I kept that class in my design for forever. You know, that's kind of what I work from, where when you buy something from me, it lasts for years, and you can wear it for years due to the, the classicness of the style. That's what I love. So she was my that's inspiration. That's what I love about you because the fact that you, she, she, she's saying a key word. And then people always say, I always tell you, pay for excellence. And you yes. also pay for longevity. And a lot of people yes. complain when you go, well, you know, tailored suits or tailored shirts. That's kind of expensive. Not really. Considering that, you know, you probably going to, or even type of shoes that you wear. Considering you might go through yes. a lot of shoes or the shoes might be hurting your feet. Because I'm, I'm a testament to the fact that. If I would have been wearing the shoes that I wore, I wear now versus college, because I wore, the, I wore, you know, I ain't going to bad mouth no names, but it was some names I shouldn't have had on my feet, and I'm paying a price for it right now. Ah! I'm paying a price yes, for it. You, you, you understand what I'm saying, Angela? You know what I'm saying right there? Yes. So, and so people you come up with you get. You, you pay for what you get. My toes are like, if they could talk, they go, dude, I told you. Oh, I told yeah. you about that. And so yes. when I look at your fashion, your history, and I wanted to let people understand your journey, Angela. How you be? How? Because a lot of people think that we always see in Hollywood, we see the end results. We always see yes. the magic, sure. but they don't yes. really hear the journey. And I wanted, I wanted to just share some moments of your journey before we really get into the fact of your greatness. Your greatness is people walking in a room, famous people or famous sure. executives or. Uh, uh, noteworthy people in life going, I want you to make that for me. And I'm going to trust that you're going to make it because I'm going I'm going to put it on the, one of the largest stages in the world. Name yeah. me that first moment for us when you when it dawned on you that, wow. Well, after I came out of high school, I then um, went into college and went to school for fashion design. Uh, came out about three or four years later and uh, went into the fashion industry downtown Los Angeles, but, um, wasn't really inspired by what I was doing. Cause I was, they had me copying t-shirts and, um, doing things that I felt weren't in the integrity of create, creating and being a designer is more so like copying things. I didn't think that's what I signed up for. So I looked for the first, uh, first <laughs> place, the way to get to Hollywood. Like, how do I get to Hollywood to do something creative and, you know, the movies and TV and music gave me that freedom. So I um, actually got a store on Melrose in 82 for about three years mm -hmm. and uh, had my own story. was a challenge because they ended up robbing me and I had to leave because I couldn't afford to stay after they had taken everything. Right. Um, but it was a really a challenge because I was the first black uh, designer, I believe, on Melrose. Uh, world famous Melrose. It was Absolutely. really a, a I lived great in Los Angeles 15 years. I know about the world famous Melrose, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was a little, little wild out there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You're talking about 82. I know I, I moved yeah. out there in 90. So, I know you was a little yeah. ahead of my curve. So, you was doing some stuff way beyond uh, yeah, expectations. Yeah. So it was, it, was, it was really an amazing journey. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, you know, I learned a lot. And so, sometimes you have to say all the things about who you are and the fact that I owned the store and that type of thing wasn't the best thing to talk about. I learned how to get a little quiet and kind of not say so much. So in coming years, I really didn't give the information that I was black. I, right. gave, I had a name 
It was uh, Dean Sign, which my, was my company name. They wrote off of that and did right. a lot of celebrities and famous people from that point on after I closed my store. Right. Um, and kind of went to more custom of uh, creating for the music and entertainment business for celebrities. Wow. Doing That's album hard. covers, um, magazine covers, covers stage performances, um, you know, red carpets, those types of things were my specialty. So I created my own lane as a celebrity designer. Most people weren't using that term. Now everyone is. <laughs> Isn't it some, uh, is some branding and all those things? I'm talking to Angela Dean. Um, yeah. She's an amazing person uh, from Madonna to Katy Perry to Oprah Winfrey to Halle Berry. Her creations have adorned magazine covers, concert stages, and Oscar and Grammy red carpets. She is also the creator, when we come back, Shaped by an Angel Bodywear, a revolutionary shapewear line that transformed women's bodies. I could probably use some to transform my body, Angela. And so, you know, you might want to get help out of a brother named Rashawn McDonald. But we'll be right back with more Money Making Conversation. Speaking to Angela Dean. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. I'm doing Money Making Conversation. This is my thing. You know, 2017, I sat down with some friends of mine and some producers who believed in me. And say, hey, I want to do a show about entrepreneurship, a show about entertainment, to see if I can mix the two. Talk about branding and marketing to see if I can make it interesting enough that people will want to listen to it. And more importantly, get information from the show that can make their lives transformative. And that's what I'm doing. And that's what I do every week. Uh, I bring a guest on my show. And the guest I have on my show today is a very unique talent, Angela Dean. Um, you know, when you, when you talk about things that you say, what has she done? Has she actually done anything in my lifetime that I will remember? Uh, she's worked with people like Madonna, that uh, Bullet Burstier, with that, who can't forget that. That was an amazing thing. Uh, she uh, worked with uh, Essence Magazine, did the iconic 30-year anniversary edition, which had Queen Latifah on the cover, Halle Berry on the cover, J.D. Pinkett Smith on the cover, Vivica Fox on the cover, Loretta Devine, Regina King, Elise Neal, and Michael Michelle. Now, you did the fashion for all of them, Angela? Yes, I did. I was commissioned to do all those ladies. Okay, um, okay. let me let, let me rattle off those names again because these each one has a distinct personality. Queen Latifah, yes. Halle Berry, Jada Pinkett Smith, Vivica A. Fox, Loretta Devine, Regina King, Elise Neal, and Michael Michelle. Essence cover, yes. 30th anniversary. Yes. Wow. Yes. Th congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I got to say that yeah, because, yeah. you know, I know what the talent was then, and then you watch the growth of that talent. It's even, you looking back more, you go, how great that cover is now. Yes, yes, it is. It's an <laughs> iconic cover. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You go, okay, you say, oh, I'm just going to do this cover. And then you go, Okay, huh? the cover now when I did it, it was <laughs> it was great. But now you, you know, that's that's a that's an original color you, cover. You know, you yes. get money for it right now. Ah, uh, how much you want to buy that for? That's a cover. Yes. You, you feel me? You go and then you start. And you know, I, I always I always look back in my life, Angela. I always think, you know, I, I met a lot of famous people. I've sat down with a lot of famous people, and I and and I just, sometimes I just did a job, and then I yes. look back in my life and go, boy, I wish I'd have spent a little bit more time with that person or I wish I had yeah. delved into more conversation with that person. Does that ever, do you ever think like that when you think about your life and the, the work you've done, the sitting down with Oprah or 
Oprah's of the world and all these iconic people, the Madonna's of the world and the Halle Berry's of the world, the Queen Latifah's of the world. Is it like any question or any conversation you wish you would have had with these people along the way? Or are you just like, Rashad, I was just there doing the job? No, I really took an op- I took advantage of those opportunities. I knew that they were special moments in time, and I really embraced them. I um, <clears throat> have so many amazing um, relationships with my celebrity clients. We've had a lot of special highs and low moments. You know, there's the entertainment businesses can be very challenging. Yes, so it can. I've had great. Um, great relationships with my celebrity clients. Um, the, the late Nancy Wilson was like a mom to me. And we would sit, lay on the bed after her uh, shows at the Biltmore Hotel, red eyed and cool, and just lay and talk about different things of life. They Celebrities really have a, a personal place. If you ever have a chance to get into that space with them, they, they have a lot to share and I had a lot to share as well. So those intimate moments, I'll never forget with many of them. So I did try to take the moments if I could, because right. I had a lot of private moments with them. Right. And it's really important because I think that the reason I bring that up, because a lot of time we just, especially in today's society would like, you know, you basically your phone's attached to you, you text. A lot of people will just text so they can just pick up a phone and talk. Yeah. Yep. I do. Yeah. You know, I, I do that a lot. Angela, people yeah. text me, and I just I just pick up the phone, and call them. I say, "Hey, you can call me." Oh, okay. No, oh. that's what we 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 understand <laughs> that is more mature people. You know, say um, you can call today me. It's just not good. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying um, just, you call me. I'm, I'm cool. What's what's up? What's, what's what's happening? Yeah, connect. That's right. Connect. And it that's really what we need to do. And it really more. helps you. It, now, because of that technology, because you know you you come through a lane of. Like, you know, I, I can use the word old school. Communication was a lot of times yes. people tall you. They, they come in and sit down and talk to you, had these nice conversations yes. and allow you to work through the process. Now you have technology. You, first yes. it was faxing. Now, then it was email. Now they just take a photo of something and send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so interesting. So, so how does that affect How has that affected you creatively over the years? You know, interestingly enough, the technology has helped me tremendously because I can go with my phone now and shop with my clients in real time, you know, Um, actually show them the fabric in real time. They make the choices in real time. My sketches I'm able to do and send to them, you know, in real time. So it really has assisted me, I think, in the process of getting clear and understanding what's available and understanding what the process is going to be going forward with the order. So I think technology has been a tremendous asset um, in the area of communicating and design, for sure, with me and my clients. Cool. And I think that that's what we're moving more into now today. I think that's what this is about, bringing us more online, more online. Right. Which can be a good and bad thing, but when we can take advantage of the things that we have access to today with technology, it is to our advantage, especially in the process of creating. Really know, is. We're, we're, yeah. since we're speaking about technology. Let's move on to your revolutionary shape by an angel okay. bodywear. I got it up in yes. front of me. So I got photos. I got all kinds of pictures in front of me. So walk me through all the right. step of saying, okay, Rashawn, you know, I've designed all these clothes, but different celebrities and everyday people, how did you get into the body wear industry? Well, 
Well, I've always been known for uh, different various body types and being able to create um, amazing things, no matter what size or height or shape you are. That's been my forte. And so um, the Shapewear Market has been something that I've, you know, dove into because I was uh, worked for a lingerie company some years ago after closing my store where I designed the bullet bra um, corset for Madonna. And I started using a lot of the my corsets underneath right. Um, right. the gowns and things. So it became something that I, I was a go-to for that, building it underneath the, the gowns for Oscar gowns and things like that. And the thinner the clothes got, the more we had to use different fabrics and go into stretching. And so I just continued to work and develop it and really felt that it was important that I create a shaper line that was for all body types. Um, right. All of all bodies are not the same. All women are not the same shape. And so the shapers are designed according to the five most common body types, which accentuate the areas of those body types and enhance and, you know, take away and realign the shape um, with the panels. So it's something that I'm very proud of and it's very unique and different. And it's amazing. It transforms bodies every day. <laughs> Well, no. So it's one of my. Let me ask you this about your. Let me just about your body wear because I, you know, I watch TV. I have six sisters, so you know, they were, I'm okay. always uh, five. Four of them are older than me, and so so I'm always you know I've seen uh, what when you say transformative or revolutionary. What what is your clothes doing to a woman's body? Because you said bodies of all styles of all shape. Well, what, what, what are they pushing well, the, the, the butt is, up or the or the. Or the Tightening the waistline or pushing the top yes, up? What, the, what is it? The shaper, yeah, the shaper has panels in it, in the inside of it, that's reshaping and doing different various things to areas of the body that need assistance. So, for instance, your waist. You want your waist to be smaller. There's a panel to accentuate uh, the waist. There's an area that is a panel for the abdomen. So a right. lot of women pooch out a little bit and it right. has a tendency right. to pull you in. Right. It uh, has a panel underneath your buttocks area and lifts your butt. Um, there's a panel across the back of your waist that accentuates your waist more. So it's giving the body more accentuating uh, areas through the panels. They're um, assisting in reshaping the body. Then the fabric is amazing too because it's a post-surgical compression fabric. Okay. That has antimicrobial fibers to keep you cool and fresh. Um, the oh, okay, Angela, 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 Angela. you just went real. Up. You went real scientific on us right there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you need to yes. stop that. You, come, you need there's to break that down, Joe. That it breathes and there's a, yes. a you know compression. I've heard that word compression. Comfortable. So 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 a, a, a young lady comes in. Because your 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 line is for all age groups, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yes, so it accommodates all women. Okay. Cool. So we can go online and buy your your body weight. Yes, correct. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell us how how we can do that first before I ask my next series of questions. Um, the 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 brand is shaped by an angel. S H A P E D by B Y N A N Angel A N G E L dot com, and you can follow us on all. Um, social media platforms at Shaped by an Angel as well. Okay, cool. So I'm a person. I, you know, I, you know, I'm trying to get my waist. I'm trying to just make my waist. You no, know, just want to like show it off, you know, a little bit, and just trying to get my, just trying to go out there and uh, 
you know, just trying to look good. So how would I, how would I be introduced to your website as a, as a, as a, as a woman, you know, trying to get my, why would I go to your website? I guess I should ask that question, Angela. Well, you're going to my website for what, uh, for, I think that you're probably looking for something um, in the area of shapewear that can assist you with um, making your body feel smoother or um, shrinking your body, maybe a couple of sizes through the shapewear. But women are just really um, embrace shapewear because it it reshapes them and makes them feel comfortable and, and smooths out the body. So it's usually a desire to, you're looking, women are constantly looking for shapewear or better shapewear. Right. Um, various brands. So it's something that women have been wearing since the many decades. Um, so mine is very modernized and revolutionized by the fabric. So there's a lot of great properties. So um, I think that it would be all in, in terms of maybe looking for a great shape or shaper at one time or another. And you may stumble on my my website or my social media uh, handler. That's really cool. So how, how involved were you in this whole process? Cause I know I involved you on your, your fashion designs and cause you've done so much, but now you're going to everyday people. So, which means it's more mass, a mass yeah. relationship. So you're trying to, you're trying now to meet a lot of people needs and with a fashion. Yeah. yeah. So how, did that, yeah. did that play any, did that play anywhere into your mindset about how can I, you know, because you know, to to make eight famous people on a cover, or eight to ten famous, or Oprah or Madonna, you you're talking on one on one. Now you're sitting in a room with some individuals. You have this great idea. You you touching fashion. You say, "I want this to appeal to everyone." What does that exactly does yeah. that statement mean? What does the statement mean? When I say appeal to everyone, what what does that statement mean to you? When I say that. Well, that means everything to me because that's what my forte and goal is, is mm-hmm. to help women to trans- transform and uplift and feel better about their bodies, about their fashion. I want to give women um, clothes that work best for their body types. I think women um, <clears throat> need to have better choices according right. to body types. And that's what I want to do um, and give them options that really work for their lifestyle and keep them comfortable and fashionable and shaped up. You know what I I like when I hear you, you you keep saying the word body type, which I think is really good to hear. Because a lot mm -hmm. of people sell stuff and they just tell you, they're just trying to squeeze you into a look and it's almost, (laughs) you know, I'm just, I grew up, I'm I'm, I'm old school guy. I grew up, my mom, she wore girdles, you know, and, 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 and so, and so that was just, and she would just squeeze in there. It wasn't to her body type. It was just, no, <laughs> she 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 was just, just just trying to reshape some stuff so she could put on that dress. You know what I'm saying? And right, so, right. And so and so that's right. what I'm talking about when I hear you because you're saying that a lot, which is really great. Which means that the customer comes first. Which means that you're yeah. trying to style it, stylize this to their comfort zone. And I'm not saying every time my mom walked out that door, but I don't think she walked out that door comfortable. I really don't. No, sometimes. I think she just walked <laughs> out that door. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he walked up that door trying to hold up to hold to get through the day for being squished. But well, the thing is, that's what's great and why my shapers are identified as revolutionary, right? Um, because the fabric is where all of the magic is, right? Um, today we have, like I said before earlier, um, a lot of times the fabrics weren't conducive to what I needed as clothes changed and got thinner and more. 
you know, closer to your body. You couldn't use all the boning and all the stiff things that, of course, it would take. So you needed more comfortable fabrics. And so that post-surgical fabric became a go-to for me mm-hmm. to create the shaper so that it wouldn't feel like you're saying your mom would feel. It may struggle to get it on. But when you get it on, there's a comfortability to it that just moves with your body and flows and has a, has a great feeling of security and, and pulling in and compression, but it's in a comfortable way. And so that way you can get the, uh, both, you know, the benefits of both worlds. I get the fit and then right. I get the comfort as well, the transformation and the comfort. And that is why we call it revolutionary. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, it's exciting to talk to you about, uh, you know, with men that have six sisters, four of them older than me, uh, knowing how my mom, you know, walked out that door. And I don't think she was happy every time she walked out that door, but she walked out that door because that's all <laughs> she had to work with was a girl. Yeah. Yeah. And then for yeah. you to come on my show and talk about Shaped by an Angel Bodywear, revolutionary shapewear line that transformed women's bodies, their body types, yeah. I think is phenomenal, Angelina. And I really want to thank you for oh, coming on my you. show. Tell us one more time that website so we can drive people there and also send me some banners so I can personally post on my right. social on my money-making conversation platform and also on my personal platform. Okay, perfect. It's www.shapedbyanangel. That's S-H-A-P-E-E-D by B-Y-N-A-N angel A-N-G-E-L dot com. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, thank you for coming on my show. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.